0: Artradio.com
1: Monday the second of October is the feast of the guardian angels let's begin together in prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit Lord answer those who seek you we pray for those whose work leads them daily into danger protect them and grant peace of mind to their loved ones we pray for those who serve in the military especially in areas of violence protect them and grant peace of mind to their loved ones We pray for those who live in fear, especially in homes plagued by violence. Protect them and grant peace of mind to their loved ones. O God, you watch over your children with protective love, made manifest in the guardian angels. Keep us all from harm, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Guardian angels, pray for us guard us and protect us. Amen. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. Thank you for being along on a Monday morning. Hope you had a decent weekend. I'm Matt Swayman and Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. Travis is working on the video feed. Looks like it's live. I think we might be uh, kicking off the week with our video things all working. That's pretty cool for this new thing we launched. You can check out our video stream at sunrisemorningshow.com in the show notes. Up this hour Kevin Schmeezing. we'll take a look at this week in Catholic history. Uh, we'll also talk Bible foods with Rita Heikenfeld, more on the Guardian Angels, more on angels in general as well with Monsignor Brian Bransfield, who's got a brand new book on that very topic. And then we've been talking for uh, a while with Father Patrick Briscoe about the upcoming uh, rosary pilgrimage that the Dominicans have been leading and working on. They, uh, Did it over the weekend, and we'll get an update, a report back from Father Patrick Briscoe on the National Rosary Pilgrimage. So stay with us if you can. Right now, it is two minutes past the hour. Here's Anna Mitchell with news.
2: Good morning. After putting forth a bill to avert a government shutdown that Democrats could support, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says he is not concerned about Florida Congressman Matt Gaetz's efforts to oust him as Speaker. McCarthy said on CBS's Face the Nation yesterday, it's a personal issue with Gates. McCarthy noted that Gates was one of the last holdouts during the House vote for Speaker in January. Gates announced yesterday he plans to file a motion to have McCarthy removed as Speaker, making good on threats if a spending bill was passed with Democratic support. A GOP-sponsored 45-day stopgap bill passed in the House on Saturday with overwhelming Democratic support. Pope Francis has asked for special prayers for the people of Armenia in the disputed Artsakh region, also known as Nagorno-Karabakh, which has been under siege by Azerbaijani forces. He did so during his Angelus address yesterday. From Vatican Radio, Linda Bordoni has
3: more.
2: I renew my call for dialogue between
4: Azerbaijan and Armenia, hoping that the talks between the parties, with the support of the international community, will favour a lasting agreement that will put an end to the humanitarian crisis. A lightning offensive last week led by Azerbaijan in the contested enclave of Nagorno-Karabakh has led to an exodus of Armenian residents in the area after Baku ordered the region's Armenian fighters to disarm, and conflicting leaders signed a ceasefire agreement. Armenian authorities said over 100,000 people had arrived in Armenia from the enclave, accounting for more than 80% of the enclave's Armenian population. In December 2022, Azerbaijan blocked the Lachin Corridor the only road connecting Nagorno-Karabakh with Armenia. Pope Francis also said he is praying for the victims of a tragic blast on the 25th of September in the city of Stepanakert that caused at least 170 deaths and many wounded. People who have been taken to hospitals that are struggling to treat them after the blockade in December left them with severe shortages of medical supplies. It is not yet clear what caused the explosion.
2: I'm Linda Bordoni. Pope Francis on Saturday presided over a consistory to create new cardinals. The 21 new cardinals came from all over the world, among them American-born Cardinal Robert Prevost, who heads up the dicastery for bishops, as well as the apostolic nuncio to the United States currently, Cardinal Christophe Pierre. This all coming ahead of the opening of the Synod Assembly for the Synod Synodality on the Feast of St. Francis on Wednesday. Two parts of North Carolina's new abortion law are being blocked. A federal judge granted injunctions on two provisions on Saturday, which kept them from going into effect yesterday. One referenced a part of the law which required doctors to confirm the presence of an unborn child in the uterus before abortion medication could be prescribed. Another provision that was blocked required abortions under certain conditions like rape, to be completed in hospitals. General Motors has laid off more than 160 union workers at two plants in Ohio as the United Auto Workers strike continues to grow. Mark Mayfield has more.
5: GM laid off 130 workers at its Parma Metal Center just outside Cleveland, and another 34 at its Marion Metal Center an hour north of Columbus. GM said in a statement that beginning today, a portion of the two plants won't have any work available, and that the laid-off workers aren't expected to return until the strike is over. The layoffs come as the UAW expands its strike to more plants. I'm Mark Nefield.
2: More than 75,000 Kaiser Permanente workers, meanwhile, are getting to go on what would be the biggest health care strike in U.S. history Unions representing the workers notified the company more than a week ago that they could launch a three day strike this coming Wednesday, October 4th. The strike would affect Kaiser hospitals and clinics in California, Oregon, Washington State, Colorado, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. And the field is now set for the Major League Baseball playoffs. The action begins tomorrow when eight teams take the diamond for the best of three wild card round. In the American League, the Tampa Bay Rays will host the Texas Rangers, while the Toronto Blue Jays travel to take on the Minnesota Twins. On the National League side, the Milwaukee Brewers will welcome the Arizona Diamondbacks to town, while the Miami Marlins visit the Philadelphia Phillies. The four teams to earn a first-round bye into the Divisional Series, which begin on Saturday were the atlanta braves the baltimore orioles the houston astros and the los angeles dodgers
1: so wait there's not a baseball game
2: today no starts tomorrow
1: so it didn't matter then or i guess so if the marlins are in it must not have mattered. yeah
2: it didn't matter we didn't need to play the because last, like, Because they suspended like, that third? Marlins-Mets
1: game with an inning and a third left to play. Now, I heard somebody say something, and I don't know if I misheard it because I was, you know, going to church and hanging out with my family yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get to watch much television or right. sports-talking heads or church-talking heads for that matter either, which is actually kind of a relief. Yeah. But. You
2: did watch the Bengals, though, didn't you?
1: No, I don't get you them didn't? in my market. Uh, They're out of market well, for me. Well,
2: thank God for which you. Which is a
1: mercy. Yeah. But. Uh, I heard that if it got really bad when the Mets and Marlins thing was set and they didn't have if they didn't have time to play it, they would default not to the score when the game was suspended, but the score at the end of the last completed inning, (sighs) which would have been the Marlins would have meant the Marlins would have lost. Do they have
2: rules in the rule book for that kind of thing?
1: So I don't know because it's a weird thing because it's the end of the season. It's not like you can make up that game because the playoffs start tomorrow. Right. But imagine that. Imagine you were the Marlins. You came back, but it was the top of the ninth inning, and that's when you grabbed the lead— but because the they last completed it inning out. was the 8th where the Mets were up one nothing,
2: They would have figured it out. They would have moved the game. Who are the Marlins playing? They're playing uh, I think. the Phillies. So they would have figured out a way to play a game somewhere. Cl- well, Philadelphia and New York aren't that far away. No, they would have played bad. it at like 9 in the morning, figured it out, and then whoever needed to travel to Philly would travel to Philly for that evening. That's what they would have done. That's my guess. Okay. By the way you got the memo on the uh, army green today
1: is that, uh, is that what we're supposed to be wearing
2: we are wearing the same outfit
1: look <laughs> at us whoever thought we'd be here
2: Matt.
1: well <laughs> i like... i uh but you wear this kind of stuff all the time you are all like muted fall
2: colors i know but it like i've been spring. wearing a blue jacket and my family was like annie you gotta switch up the jacket you got Any to switch it up and playoffs. i was like okay i'm going to wear my green jacket today
1: i don't know and then like you wear the same
2: shirt
1: maybe Marlins have like a seaweed city connect uniform
2: ooh that would be neat no I don't, I don't think so i don't know
1: well we're glad that you're along either way if you're picking out an outfit the it's it's army green army
2: today. green day
1: it's army green today day. it's 10 minutes past the hour The Sunrise Morning Show continues with a look at this week in Catholic history. Kevin Schmiesing is the author of A Catholic Pilgrimage Through American History. Kevin, good morning. Good morning, Matt. Let's head to Pennsylvania for our first bit.
6: Yes, the consecration of the Basilica of St. Michael in that state. This week in 1901, Loretto, Pennsylvania is in the heart of a strongly Catholic enclave in west-central Pennsylvania that's in large part a legacy of an extraordinary priest Servant of God, Demetrius Galitzin. We've talked about him before, Matt. A Russian prince turned Catholic priest. He devoted his life to missionary work in the early 1800s in what was then the sparsely populated wilderness of Pennsylvania. Galitzin founded the town of Loretto. He named it after the famous village in Italy that is home to the Shrine of Mary's House. An Irish Catholic military officer and veteran of the Revolution donated the land for a Catholic church. So Galitzin dedicated the new parish to the to the donor's patron saint, Michael the Archangel. The first church of St. Michael was a log cabin. The second, in 1817, was a wood frame, and the third, built in 1854, was brick. The final iteration, that's the one you'll see today, was constructed at the turn of the 20th century, long after Glitzen's death in 1840. And here we need to introduce another character into the story, Charles Schwab. Many listeners will be familiar with that name from the financial investment firm, but Charles Schwab was a real person, a boy born and raised as a Catholic in Loretto. Schwab attended St. Francis University, which is still there, and then went to work as an engineer for Andrew Carnegie's Steel Company, which would become one of the behemoths of American industry, U.S. Steel. Schwab made a fortune at U.S. Steel and Bethlehem Steel, He dedicated himself more to his work than to his faith, but he never forgot his roots entirely, and he was very generous to the town of Loreto and to Catholic institutions in particular. One of these was the new Church of St. Michael, an impressive sandstone structure. Schwab paid the entire cost of $150,000. I used an online inflation calculator, Matt, and that tells me that the equivalent (laughs) today is more than $5 million. Wow. So the, the new church was consecrated this week, October 2nd, 1901. It was designated a basilica in 1996. Outside the church, if you visit today, you can find the grave of Demetrius Galitza, and there's a statue on top of it that was donated by who else? Charles Schwab. And he's also buried on the grounds of the Basilica of Saint Michael the Archangel, consecrated this week in 1901.
1: Well, I mean, if you look at something that you bought for $150,000 that's worth five million, I would say that's good investing. But <laughs> yeah. uh, let's talk about Paul the Sixth because he hit a milestone this week as well. Paul the Sixth
6: was the first pope to address the United Nations, and that was this week in 1965. Pope Francis did it in 2015, Benedict in 2008, John Paul II did it twice, but Paul VI was the first one this week in 1965. There's, of course, a very long history of papal involvement in international affairs. We've dealt with countless instances over the years, Matt, on this segment. As the papacy continued to rise in importance during the Middle Ages, it built up a considerable diplomatic core. The Vatican Secretariat of State was formally established in the 15th century, and it's widely regarded as the most influential of the Curial offices. When the League of Nations was founded in the wake of the First World War, there was talk of the Holy See becoming a member. That never happened, in part because the Roman question, the Vatican's place in the new nation of Italy, had not yet been resolved. World War II spurred another attempt at international cooperation. The United Nations was formed at that time. There was again talk of the Holy See joining. But As you might expect, some nations were opposed to that. So a compromise was agreed to, which still persists today. The Holy See would not be a full member with voting rights, but instead a permanent observer with the right to attend and participate in U.N. sessions. That status was granted in 1964, and the following year, this week, October 4, 1965, Pope Paul VI addressed the dignitaries of the United Nations at its headquarters in New York. Paul endorsed the ideal of the U.N., focusing on its aim of ensuring lasting peace, but he also emphasized the spiritual dimension of the problem of war. The edifice you are building does not rest on purely material and terrestrial foundations, he said. It rests most of all upon consciences, for the danger comes neither from progress nor from science. The real danger comes from man, who has at his disposal ever more powerful instruments that are as well-fitted to bring about ruin as they are to achieve lofty conquests. That's Pope Paul VI speaking at the U.N. this week in 1965.
1: Man, he could have said that yesterday. (laughs) That's uh, (laughs) That's right. uh, Powerful and prophetic words worthy of reflection on this week in Catholic history. Kevin Schmeezing, we've got your book as well as the Catholic History Trek podcast linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thanks as always. Have a great day. Thanks a lot, Matt. You too. Alright, quick look at the weather for the nation. Strong to severe thunderstorms in the afternoon for portions of southern Colorado, eastern New Mexico, and west Texas. Damaging winds and large hail will be the primary threats, possibly a tornado or two, uh, maybe even in southeastern New Mexico. So please do take precautions if you're in that area. In the central to northern plains, severe weather also at play with this cold front. Showers and strong thunderstorms with damaging winds and small hail possible east of the I-25 corridor. Behind the front, uh, rainy conditions uh, expected from the Great Basin and Pacific Northwest. Higher elevations could see mixed rain and snow. Dry and quiet for the desert southwest and the California coastline. Sea breeze showers and thunderstorms possible in the afternoon to evening for the Gulf Coast. The rest of the U.S. looks like it's going to have a quiet fall day. Back with headlines right after this. It's 16 minutes past the hour.
7: The new feature film *Mother Teresa and Me*, sponsored by Fathom Events, is in theaters Thursday, October fifth. *Mother Teresa and Me* weaves together the stories of two women: Mother Teresa, who served the poor with love amidst her dark night of the soul, and Kavita, a young woman who is searching for love while struggling with her unexpected pregnancy. *Mother Teresa and Me* in theaters Thursday, October fifth. More information at. Fathomevents.com. That's Fathomevents.com.
8: Central Fabricators is proud to support the Sunrise Morning Show where you'll get news from the Catholic perspective while keeping you up to date on what's happening in the Vatican as well. It's also a great way to keep in touch with the Catholic faith throughout the week. Central Fabricators, based in Cincinnati, Ohio, is a family-owned business for over 75 years. Manufacturing and repairing corrosion-resistant storage tanks, reactors, and pressure vessels. On the web at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com.
1: Mystic Monk Coffee has brought back their pumpkin spice blend and unlike the competition, buying their coffee has the added bonus of supporting the Carmelite Monks of Wyoming and the Sunrise Morning Show.
2: Go to sunrisemorningshow.com and click the Mystic Monk link to get that or any of their other coffee blends or teas. When you check out, we earn a commission.
1: And there's no better vessel for your Mystic Monk pumpkin spice latte than a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug. Find those in our online store.
2: Do pumpkin spice the Catholic way. Just head on over to sonrisemorningshow.com. Have you ever wished you could listen to EWTN on a local radio
9: station? Maybe our Lord is speaking to your heart to help make that happen. Don't let a lack of experience hold you back. Find out how you can help start a Catholic radio station where you live, powered by the truth of the church and EWTN's dynamic radio programming. Email Steve at this address, radio at EWTN.com.
1: 18 minutes past the hour, here's Anna with headlines.
2: After putting forth a bill to avert a government shutdown that Democrats could support, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says he's not concerned about efforts to oust him as Speaker. Pope Francis asked for special prayers for the people of Armenia in the disputed Artsakh region, which has been under siege by Azerbaijani forces. And the Holy Father on Saturday presided over a consistory to create 21 new cardinals.
1: And Mitchell, lots of church news going on. Uh, Yeah. Lots of people freaking out, asking questions, being very intense. And, you know, I just, it's hard for me to keep track of all this stuff, especially if I wanted to spend a Saturday or a Sunday with my family. And, you know, you wake up and you're like, oh, there's only 5 million pages to read to catch up. Uh, (laughs) But I would just want to say... For everybody, I you know don't have too much fear of missing out. Don't uh, don't get too flustered by it. The church is the church. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. Uh, pray and fast. Um, and you know, I think I understand these things by way of analogy. Anna Mitchell,
2: mm-hmm. you know
1: how the HOA? Well, you're not an HOA, I don't think.
2: No, I'm not. Um, but
1: your neighborhood's too old.
2: That's the. Homeowners, Homeowners association. association. Yeah. Sometimes
1: they'll send out a survey, and you want to fill it out, but life gets in the way, and it turns out the only person who actually filled it out is your most intensely opinionated neighbor. And people kind of less, just let them talk because they're afraid of making that person mad. And you probably had some ideas you want to contribute to the conversation, but now um, that person's got the microphone, you don't really want to say anything because you don't want to stir the stir the pot. A couple of your neighbors, it turns out, also had some opinions, but they were kind of in the same situation you were. They were very busy, and they don't want to make this really intense and opinionated person angry. Uh, but then you start having more conversations, you realize that actually most of your neighborhood's normal, and turns out that the only person who's like having a weird day is the person who somehow managed to. Have time to respond to that. Add to
2: that, like the most enjoyable part of that metaphor is that it's not a great metaphor because we actually have the truth, and therefore opinion is not really of importance in these matters because there is the truth, and we receive the truth from our Lord. I see. I mean, it's a great—it's a great metaphor in one way, but a terrible metaphor in another.
1: (laughs) All analogies limp. All I'm saying is just pray. Pray. And we'll
10: be all right.
0: I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith when Margie Christie will discuss Ohio's abortion report card. Dr. Scott Hahn will share his new book, Catholics in Exile: Biblical Wisdom for the Journey Home. I will speak about the feast of the Guardian Angels, the frequent traffic and weather. That's this afternoon, beginning at four on Sacred Heart
7: Radio.
11: You're on the road to Christ the King.
7: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Molly Made of Westchester with 30 years of trusted, quality service and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. one 800 molly Made or at mollymade.com. Molly Made, a clean you can trust.
12: I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. We strive to provide the highest quality diamond and CBN products manufactured by privately owned companies, enabling us to provide prompt and personal service and you to avoid the unnecessary cost and frustrations of dealing with bureaucracies. Find us online at theabrasiveone.com. That's the number one, theabrasiveone.com,
13: theabrasiveone.com. A wedding is a day, a marriage is a lifetime.
9: Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon.
1: This is time for a couple to learn about each other and their upcoming marriage.
9: Based on communication, intimacy, and the family they grew up in. Find out more at Cincinnati Covington. Engaged Encounter.com. That's Cincinnati Covington www.engagedencounter.com
0: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Ours Cafe and Meeting House, opening October 2nd. Offering delicious varieties of coffee and fresh baked goods, pastries, sandwiches and soups. Ours Cafe and Meeting House, 6988 North Dearborn Road in Guilford, Indiana.
1: It is time for Bible Truth. And it's always great to catch up with Rita Heikenfeld from AboutEating.com, who's got great insights into what foods are mentioned in the Bible and great ideas for simple, straightforward recipes you can actually make for you and your family. Rita, good morning.
14: Good morning. And when we talk about this recipe, like I tell you a lot of times, I want your take on it because I have a feeling you've got some opinions.
1: Oh, I've cheated ahead to look at your recipe. (laughs) I've got some opinions. So uh, we're talking about beef today, mm-hmm. and beef we eat all the time here in the United States of America. You would not have eaten it as often in Bible times, right?
14: No, um, and it's interesting as far as where it's, it's mentioned. Um, Proverbs, I love this one. Better it is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fatted ox and hatred with it sort of like it's always not just about the food, but who shares it with you. And then in Luke, uh, that very familiar passage about the prodigal son when he returned home being, led, um, being fed a fatted calf. And, you know, um, when you think of it, was it a common food? Not really, because cows and oxen back then, Matt, were used basically for, like work, Uh, work animals, plowing fields. Yeah, it'd be
1: like eating the employees. That'd be no good.
14: exactly. Yeah, they were just considered too valuable by most folks just to be used for meat, especially on an everyday basis. Um, They were uh, common, most likely, but again, not eaten as such. But then on special occasions, like if you had somebody come to your house, um, sometimes holidays, receptions, what they called... um, a fatted calf, like mentioned in Proverbs up there. It was specially cared for and fattened. And that was taken from the herd to be butchered and roasted, just a special calf.
1: And I think uh, probably the most famous example of the fatted calf being killed is when we hear the story of the prodigal son, right? Where the son runs off and is, you know, hanging out, eating pods that the pigs don't eat, and then finally comes back and, you know, asks for forgiveness. And the father does just that, right? He kills the fatted calf. Uh, but what about the uh, the animals that were sacrificed? Because these cows, uh, cattle, were involved in this, too.
14: Oh, yeah. And we need to remember that, that most of the cattle wasn't penned and fed grain, which was back then considered a human food. Um, so the fatted calf, which was probably fed grain from my research, really was considered a luxury meat. Um, and And what they did, they liked the calf, what we call veal, because it was smaller. So it wasn't only more manageable to cook, Matt, but there was there were usually enough people um present to eat all the meat, so there was no waste. Remember there was no refrigeration. So that's why um they used the calf rather than the, the older um animal.
1: Right, because you and you and Frank can go to a local farm and say, We want a side of beef and that'll last you the winter, right? Oh, <laughs> you couldn't sure. exactly do that back then because there's no it's not like you can throw it in a deep freezer for sure. Uh, And then, of course, this would not be something that uh, would be common people food anyway, right? Because for you to have that fatted calf and something to spare, you'd probably be on the wealthy side.
14: Yeah, um, and back then, too, some animals were provided, as I said, for public feasts, and they were sacrificed to God. And then, um, I don't know how many people know this, but the blood of the animal was poured out before God, and that was a way of making up for their sins. And so the meat was considered consecrated, actually. And then the guests were then considered to be eating divine food. So not just like you said, going to the restaurant and eating a steak.
1: Right. So very special. And, of course, we see all kinds of references to this throughout the Scriptures. But how would they have uh, eaten it in terms of, you know, the cooking? Because I don't think that they probably had, you know, a a Weber grill in the back either.
13: No,
14: but you know what? They may do. They uh, spit-roasted it over an open fire— sort of like people are doing today, going back to those ancient ways of cooking. Sometimes they boiled it in cauldrons, um, and sometimes they cooked it with water uh, to sort of make like a soup or a stew. And then um, if if it was a stew, that was considered good enough to be uh, served to honor guests.
1: All right, so I want to know about your campfire hobo dinners in a packet, because this is perfect camping season, the fall uh, I don't like camping in the summer as much because it's too hot. I like mm-hmm. it when I can throw on a polar fleece, sit in front of a fire, put something in a foil packet, and just sit there and watch it cook.
11: Well, this
14: is your dinner, then. This is um, it's a, a sort of a two-parter. First of all, we're going to do some burgers, and I like to use lean ground beef and then put a little olive oil in the beef um, if it's very lean so that it grills well. And then sometimes I'll add some, get this, some powdered ranch dressing or, you know, like just the dried Italian seasoning to it, and then a shake or two of the Canadian steak seasoning. Um, So you mix that up, the beef, a little olive oil, the seasonings, and then if I have any parsley, I'll throw that in just for color. Um, And so I just mix all that up and, and make burgers. And when I make the burgers, I'll poke a hole in the center, and you want to tell everybody why we do that.
1: Yes, that's because your burgers don't come out looking like meatballs if you grill, if you do, if grill them that way by putting the, the thumbprint in the middle. I've been using that trick since you told it to me like 15 years ago.
14: I know, I know, an oldie but a goodie anyway. And um, so you've got that mixture, and then you're going to have some cheese. And then what you're going to do, you're going to take some foil um, and put a, a nice slice of onion on it. And then I usually dice up some potatoes and mushrooms um, really fine and then I'll again add a little olive oil and, and some steak seasoning to that and then I'll have the uh, onion on the bottom, the burger on the top and the potato mushroom mixture and then I'll um, boil those up and right before uh, we eat them, when we take them off the grill, I'll put a slice of cheese on so it melts really quick and you can vary the toppings, whatever you like, but it's a wonderful um, campfire or grill dinner for fall.
1: So, you know how I was thinking? You were talking about Canadian steak seasoning and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. I was still thinking North America, but as I was looking at this, I was like, you know, you could swap out a little chili powder and a squeeze of lime in there and do Mexican hobo sounds, dinner in a packet.
14: That sounds that sounds like the next meal Maybe a little
1: for me. poblano pepper in there. Ah, this, There's endless possibilities, Rita, mm-hmm. based on the way you've set this up, but we've got the recipe linked in the show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com. It'll take you right over to abouteating.com. Rita Heikenfeld, have a great day.
14: I will, and I'll talk to you next week, Matt.
1: All right. Thank you so much. Find Rita linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Half past the hour, here's Anna Mitchell with news.
2: Good morning. After putting forth a bill to avert a government shutdown over the weekend that Democrats could support, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says he is not concerned about efforts to oust him as speaker McCarthy was speaking on CBS's Face the Nation yesterday saying it's a personal issue with Congressman Matt Gates McCarthy noted that Gates was one of the last holdouts during the House vote for speaker in January Gates announced yesterday that he plans to file a motion to have McCarthy removed as speaker making good on threats if a spending bill was passed with democratic support A GOP-sponsored 45-day stopgap bill passed in the House on Saturday with overwhelming Democratic support. Pope Francis, during his Angelus address yesterday, asked for special prayers for the people of Armenia in the disputed Artsakh region, also known as Nagorno-Karabakh, which has been under siege by Azerbaijani forces. Vatican News reports the Holy Father appealed for dialogue between the two. More than 100,000 people have fled Artsakh after an explosion near the de facto capital of the region that killed at least 170 people. Pope Francis said, quote, I renew my call for dialogue between Azerbaijan and Armenia, hoping that the talks between the parties with the support of the international community will favor a lasting agreement that will put an end to the humanitarian crisis, end quote. Also during his Angelus Address, the Holy Father invited the faithful to pray the Rosary in this month dedicated to the Holy Rosary for a number of other intentions. From Vatican Radio, Linda Bordoni reports. Noting that
4: October is the month of the Rosary
3: and of missions, the Pope said,
4: I urge everyone to experience the beauty of praying
3: the Rosary. <laughs>
4: contemplating with Mary the mysteries of Christ and invoking her intercession for the needs of the Church and the world. He also turned his thoughts to the Synod on Synodality that will begin on Wednesday the 4th of October and said, let us also pray for the Synod of Bishops which this month will hold its first assembly on the theme of the Church's Synodality. And joined at his balcony by five children, Pope Francis said that on the afternoon of the 6th of November, he will meet with children across the globe. The Pope said the event is promoted and organized by the Dicastery for Culture and Education, and he explained it will be an occasion in which to reflect on a common dream, as its focus is on the theme, Let's Learn from Boys and Girls. It's a theme, he said, that illustrates the desire to go back to having pure childlike feelings because the kingdom of god belongs to those who are like little children children pope francis said teach us the pureness of relationships and the spontaneous acceptance of the stranger as well as respect for all creation dear children i too am waiting for you all to learn from you
2: I'm Linda Bordoni. Pope Francis on Saturday presided over a consistory to create new cardinals. The 21 new cardinals came from all over the world, among them American-born Cardinal Robert Prevost, who heads up the Dicastery for Bishops, as well as the Apostolic Nuncio to the United States, Cardinal Christophe Pierre. The U.S. Supreme Court's new term begins today. Major cases on the court's docket include those involving gun rights, the power of federal agencies, social media regulation, and electoral districts drawn by Republican state lawmakers. The justices are also considering taking up a dispute over access to the abortion drug Mifepristone. California Governor Gavin Newsom is expected to appoint pro-abortion Emily's List President LaFonza Butler to fill the seat of the late Senator Dianne Feinstein. Mark Mayfield reports. According
5: to Politico, the appointment will come Monday, and Newsom is making his appointment without putting limitations or preconditions on Butler running for the seat next year. The longest-serving female U.S. Senator Feinstein died Thursday at the age of 90. I'm Mark Mayfield.
2: The Archdiocese of Baltimore is filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. The filing comes in response to a new law that went into effect yesterday in Maryland, which lifts the statute of limitations for civil lawsuits related to child sexual abuse. That's the news. It's 35 past the hour.
7: Put your money where your heart is. Do business with someone who shares your faith and values from Sacred Heart Radio's Angel's List of Underwriters. And don't forget to tell them where you found out about them. Go to
12: sacredheartradio.com and click Angel's List. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller-Knockleman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. During the hottest of weather, Schneller-Knockleman will keep you cool with air conditioning repair, installation, and maintenance. Schneller-Knockleman. Find us at skpha.com. skpha.com. <laughs>
15: Offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian spirituality, the Jesuit Spiritual Center is offering weekend retreats this fall led by various retreat masters, including Father Michael Graham. Join us this October for a weekend of silence as you experience the great treasures of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Register now at Jesuitspiritualcenter.com. Jesuitspiritualcenter.com. That's Jesuitspiritualcenter.com.
2: It's twenty-four minutes before the hour on this feast of our Guardian Angels, Monday, October the second. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockman, plumbing, heating, and air online at skpha.com. Looks like we got some summer-like conditions for the next couple of days. Right now, temperatures in the upper fifties as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, it'll be sunny and warm today with a high of eighty-four degrees. Clear skies tonight with an overnight low of 60. Sunny and warm again tomorrow with a high of 85 degrees. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, sunny skies today and a high near 84. Clear tonight with an overnight low of 60. Mostly sunny skies tomorrow and a high near 85 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio, 740 a.m., 9, 10 a.m. Watch our live stream over at our website, sacredheartradio.com. Welcome to the Sunrise Morning Show. Monsignor Brian Bransfield, he's got a book called Angels Are Guardians in Spiritual Battle. Monsignor Bransfield, welcome to the show.
16: Thank you. It's good to be with you and your
11: listeners.
2: It is so good to have you, and I am so excited about this book and and get to ask you a few questions about... The angels of course the end of september and early october they're very much on our minds with the feasts of the archangels on september 29th and and the uh, guardian angels on um october 2nd so first of all monsignor just give us an overview of how you tackled the topic of angels in this book
16: well thank you well as i wrote angels are guardians in spiritual battle i wanted to make it user-friendly for the, the average Catholic, and maybe the unaverage Catholic, Catholic doesn't know much theology, someone that can really get to know mm-hmm. angels as our friends. St. Gregory the Great says nearly every page of Scripture, the angels are there. Wow. Their angels are present all throughout Scripture. Sometimes they become visibly present in Scripture, but they're more often invisibly present. So, what I wanted to do was make it easier for us to discern the presence of the angels right next to us even if they're not visibly present, but invisibly present. So my goal was to look at what angels do, who they are, how God creates them, the fallen angels, Lucifer and the demons, but then also to look at the good and holy angels and how much they do for us, especially with Christ and Our Lady, and how the plan of salvation, the plan of God's providence. Angels are our allies in the spiritual life. They're our good friends.
2: Well, Monsignor Bransfield, you write in the book about how neither the good nor the bad angels would want a book written about them. Why is that?
16: Well, because the good angels, the good and holy angels, are humble, and they avoid the spotlight. They shun the worldly spotlight. They want to reflect the mystery of Christ, the Son of God, and and the mysteries of Our Lady leading to Christ. So they do it out of humility, the good and holy angels. The evil angels don't want a book about them because they they want to ambush us. They don't want us to know their ways or their deceit or how they insinuate themselves. So the evil angels want it out of pride that they want to attack us, and, and they don't want us knowing what their battle plans are.
2: So how do the good angels serve as, as guardians for us against the, the snares of the devil?
16: That's a wonderful question. The good angels, as I point out in Angels Are Guardians in Spiritual Battle, the, the good and holy angels walk with us. They're the ones who, through our reading of scripture, through our devotion to our lady, through our going to adoration, through our going to confession, they're always prompting us to do that. The good angels are always leading us to see the mystery of Jesus as our protector, our lady as our intercessor. So they work with us, especially when we're feeling lonely, tired, bored, hurt, when we feel left out, left behind, depressed or anxious. The good angels don't go away. They want to be with us and help us. So they work very closely with us.
2: Can you talk about the uh, angels that show up, particularly in the book of Job, and and what we learn from that story?
16: Certainly, the, you know, the book of Job begins where God is in the, the Old Testament, where the angels are actually having a meeting with God, and they come together, and God is talking to the good angels, and then this other one comes. Uh, another one that uh, Satan comes, the fallen angel. And he comes so as to disrupt, to interject, to destroy. And God says to Satan, uh, where do you come from? And in that, in the Hebrew, God is reminding Satan that Satan comes from a nothingness of sin. Mm. He, He comes from evil. And then God says, have you noticed my servant Job? And Satan lies. When Satan can't get what he wants, and he, and he can't ever, he lies. So he always lies. And he says, well, Job is only holy because of the good things you've done for him. Mm-hmm. And then Satan attacks Job, but Job stays close to God because of the good and holy angels who come to Job even when he's hurting, even when he's feeling uh, cast down, when he feels hurt. And the good angels do the same for us.
2: Well, another famous place where angels show up, of course, are in the gospel. We have the archangel Gabriel showing up to the Blessed Virgin Mary to announce the incarnation. We also have angels showing up to minister to our Lord in the agony of the garden. I mean, that's their whole purpose, right? To serve the Lord?
16: Exactly. The angels are enthralled at the humility of God. Mm. and especially the Son of God who took flesh, born of the Virgin. And so the angels, the good and holy angels, adore God, and they reflect the light of his glory to us. And so they go to him after the temptation in the wilderness. They minister to him. And then, as you mentioned so well in the Garden of Gethsemane, where they are there, and they would love to intervene to defend the Lord. Mm. And at one glance from our Lord they would but in his humility he stays the angels and they are absorbed and astounded by the tremendous humility of the son of god who allows himself to be vulnerable for us and for our salvation
2: can you talk about the angels that guard the tree of life
16: yes with the 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 angel with the flaming sword is one of the earliest accounts of an angel in scripture where after adam and eve fall and they're cast out of the garden, God places an angel with a flaming sword, a cherubim with a flaming sword. It's a dancing light of sword. It's similar to the light that danced around St. Paul, the dazzling light. And it's there to guard the tree of life, not necessarily as as a stringent punishment, but as a protection. Because if man in sin, after he had fallen, stretched out his hand to the tree of life, then he would live forever in a fallen way. So what God does, he protects us so that we don't reach out for that, and Christ himself will ascend the tree on the cross and open for us a new way to the tree of life, namely by joining in him through the sacramental ministry of the church, through confession, through holy communion, through devotion to Our Lady, through adhering to the person of Christ, so he redeems us. Uh, death loses its sting death loses its penal its punishment character and he opens the way to new life and the angel the angel's sword guards us from doing anything that would make that state of sin permanent but also lights us so we see christ the true tree of life on the
2: cross it's beautiful thank you so much monsignor brian bransfield the book is called angels are guardians in spiritual battle it's from our Sunday visitor, and you can find it linked at sunrise dot com. Yes, we've got the angels on our side, and we've got our lady on our side as well. And we're gonna be talking about that with Father Patrick Briscoe coming up next. Stay with us, it's a quarter till <laughs>
7: We need your help. Hello, I'm Marianne Kowarski, Director of Pro-Life Across America. In my 30-plus years, I've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed. There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro-life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Unplanned pregnancies still happen. Our ads feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America, offering alternatives to abortion, free ultrasound and pregnancy help. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists. It really does. And Pro-Life Across America needs your help. To donate, please find us at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Did you
17: know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep, we all started small.
1: Pro-Life Across America. It's the season of chunky soup and chunky sweaters, which means it's also pumpkin coffee season. And the Mystic Monks have their pumpkin spice blend in stock and ready for you to enjoy.
2: And when you go to the monks through SunriseMorningShow.com, we earn a commission on any flavor coffee or tea that you buy.
1: Why shell out five bucks for a tall PSL when you can customize your own at home and drink it from a Sunrise Morning Show mug that you can find in our online store.
2: Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee through SunriseMorningShow.com.
5: Hi, this is Deacon Dennis Lambert from the Diocese of Phoenix. When
0: we listen to Catholic Radio, we receive encouragement, strength, and most importantly, we receive the truth. Simply put, we need Catholic Radio because we are and we become that which we surround ourselves with. So I encourage you to tune in,
5: inspire up, and to wrap yourselves in the warm arms of faith, life, and love.
10: The world needs EWTN Catholic Radio, now more than ever.
13: Hi, this is
18: Cy Heller Later today on Catholic Answers Live, Scott Hahn will be here. Join us. Catholic Answers Live,
10: 6 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Now, back to the Sunrise Morning Show.
2: It's 13 till back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Patrick Briscoe. He is the editor of our Sunday Visitor. Good morning, Father.
17: Good morning, Anna. Thanks for having me
2: on. It is good to have you back. And uh, listeners had been hearing spots promoting this for quite a few weeks here on the Sunrise Morning Show and it has finally happened. You and your Dominican confreres held the Rosary Pilgrimage in Washington, D.C. to uh, kick off this month of the Holy Rosary. Remind us, first of all, why you wanted to do this?
17: Yeah, that's right. So this was the first national Dominican rosary pilgrimage, the first national Dominican rosary pilgrimage, and it was an amazing event. And the, re- the reason we wanted to do it is very simple. We thought it was important that we gathered a, a, a huge number of people to just simply pray, to pray for the country, to pray for the church, and to do that through the intercession of, of the Virgin Mary. Right, our lady has made many promises concerning the rosary one of the ones that I love the most is that anyone who promotes the rosary shall be saved so that's so why I think of this one often it's but nice uh, but we yeah. know we know that as her sons and daughters, she will hear and she will answer our prayers so it was it was really running to running to mama Mary in confidence mm-hmm. you know expecting expecting her to hear us in in a moment where a lot of people are 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 feeling um Feeling, feeling tumult, feeling talked about, feeling, feeling, feeling chaos. Um, and it was an extraordinary, extraordinary, extraordinary day.
2: Oh, I believe it. I uh, saw in the Dominican parish uh, email announcements this weekend that there was a contingent from here in Cincinnati that uh, traveled to Washington, D.C. to be a part of it. And so I suspect that there were many people from all over the country making this pilgrimage to the national basilica what kind of turnout did you get
17: there were indeed so we there were more than 3000 people there for the closing mass wow. uh, which means you know m- m- many more throughout the day because the the, uh, the events took place throughout the entire day so people were coming and going and people traveled from all over the country. There was a family that brought their four children from Alaska. Whoa. There's a young man who's converting to the Catholic faith. The first Catholic building he ever entered was the Dominican House of Studies to meet with one of our priests. Uh, he drove from California wow. to make the, make the pilgrimage out of gratitude for the grace of his conversion. Uh, there, was, there was a young couple I met, uh, amazing, dynamic, really wonderful people who came from Puerto Rico for the pilgrimage they really? have been in washington uh there was a man this story is amazing um and, and, uh, and uh this guy was really an incredible person who walked a young man walked from providence rhode island
2: what and,
17: uh, and arrived in washington dc <laughs> on the day really? of the pilgrimage. <laughs> wow so pe- people came from all over and it was uh, it was really an amazing sign of of their love, not just for the order. Um, you know, OP Palooza is a kind of fun event, but that's that's not <laughs> what was going on here. This this was an event for our lady. This was an event for the Rosary at our nation's premier Marian Shrine, the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception, the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, DC.
2: Yeah. RosaryPilgrimage dot org is where listeners can go um and actually see a replay of it all. I started You know i hit play this morning father (laughs) i was like oh my gosh (laughs) this is like an eight hour video (laughs) here yeah so um what all did you do throughout the course of the day
17: well the the first part of the pilgrimage and this this is a beautiful part of part of the story began actually off the live stream because on friday night we had a prayer vigil Um, we were joined by 150 young people at the St. John Paul II National Shrine, oh. where we did a Holy Hour and had a talk, and then and then a reception, and so the, so the the first the the first National Dominican Rosary Pilgrimage began with 150 young people on their knees in front of our Eucharistic Lord. It's not
2: bad, <laughs> not bad at all. So,
17: so that's where we started. Okay.
2: Yeah.
17: <laughs> and then and then uh, on Saturday's events, which like you you pointed out with. For the whole of the day, um, our hosts at the Basilica were extremely generous and hospitable, um, and we're, we're just fabulous partners in, in this marvelous pilgrimage. That uh, Throughout the day, we had several conferences. My classmate, Father Gregory Pine, preached. Mm-hmm. Um, our bishops, of course, have called for a Eucharistic revival, so we had three hours of Eucharistic adoration in the middle of the day. Um, and during that time, Dominican Friars were also available for confessions, that period involved one of the best stories of the weekend. So we had faced um, confessor availability off of previous uh, pilgrimages that have taken place at the shrine. Oh, boy. And we had set up um, eight, eight confession stations. So over the course of three hours, there would be 24 confessors available. Okay, what ended up happening was that confessions were so mobbed, we had to send out the massive SOS. And at one point in time, there were 24 confessors hearing Wow. At, at the same time, you know, so not spread out over the three hours, but 24 just going at once. Uh, so so uh, many more than 24 of my brothers stepped up to hear just a massive number of confessions. And as I said on Saturday, uh, there's good news and bad news. The bad news is that uh, the Rosary Pilgrimage is full of sinners. <laughs> and the good news <laughs> is that
2: God's mercy is great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you were serving as the presider over all of this um at least during the live stream portion i mean what was going through your heart and mind as all of this was playing out father
17: yeah it was a, ma- a massive privilege you know and so it's something that i that i really appreciated to be able to collaborate with so many of my brothers and to serve as you're pointing out as, a, as something of the mc for the day i i would say my favorite moments was at the end of the praying of the rosary, which was extremely beautiful, which we should talk a little bit more about the form that that took. But um, I looked out and I saw 80, 90 of my Dominican brothers just stretched out two by two, basically Mm -hmm. all the way down that main aisle of the the national shrine. Mm -hmm. And I I felt hope in a way that I haven't known it for some time. I was just so buoyed by, by the sight of my brothers coming together with so many of our friends, many of the Dominican ladies, so many Dominican sisters, uh, so so many of our parishioners and, and people who love the order, and it was an extraordinary
2: sight. It's incredible. Well, tell us more about the the end of this rosary.
17: Well, the rosary was the rosary was um, was amazing. It it included a novel composition. So there was singing that took place among the faithful. Uh, there was a procession that moved around the assembly, uh, something like the Stations of the Cross. The people who were praying the rosary of the assembly were sitting through the decade, but then they would, then they would stand and sing the Gloria Patri. And I, I think that the, that combination of music and movement, which is a fundamentally Dominican mode of prayer mm-hmm. to be involving the body in that way, to be speaking, to be singing—very, very Dominican mode of prayer. I, I think that helped people to meditate on the mysteries and to engage the Rosary in a in, in a way that they hadn't before. Um, so, it, so it was a, a a very beautiful, very moving presentation of the Rosary.
2: Well, Father Patrick Briscoe, it's been just wonderful to hear more about it and i'm i'm so overjoyed by the success of this event which of course we give all glory to to god and our lady for that but if uh people missed it they can still watch it correct
17: absolutely that's right tune in and and like you said the, the video the live stream is, is quite long so kind of click around and to find the Find the different portions of the day to listen to Father Gregory Pine's talk. No, just listen, watch all eight form. hours
2: of it. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's a great way to spend the day. Spend a day in hope. Yeah. But anyway, Amen. rosarypilgrimage.org is where you can go and click around or watch all eight hours straight through. And Father Patrick, really appreciate your time this morning recapping it for us. Thank you.
17: Thanks for having me on, Anna.
2: You bet. All right. We got another hour of the Sunrise Morning Show coming up for most of our affiliates here on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Sacred Heart Radio is your local Catholic station and your source for news from the Catholic Perspective sacredheartradio.com is where you can find and share information on issues facing Ohio in November that are so important to the pro-life community
1: and that's not to mention our commitment to prayer at sacredheartradio.com you'll find resources and events to help you pray for a culture of life
2: so please visit sacredheartradio.com your local source for pro-life information and prayer
8: support for sacred heart radio is from st. Margaret Hall an assisted living and skilled nursing facility sponsored by the Carmelite sisters for the aged and infirm. St. Margaret Hall has been providing loving care to the community for over 50 years. At St. Margaret Hall, your loved ones will receive 24-hour care from dedicated professionals with newly renovated stylish assisted living units. At St. Margaret Hall, the difference is love. On Madison Road, 513-751-5880. On the web at stmargarethall.com.
0: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoding Realtors, trusted and recommended by generations of families to sell their homes. Licensed in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. Hoting Realtors, 513-451-4800 and at Hoting.com.
1: Ken Herbert Plumbing is a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. With over 20 years experience in residential and commercial plumbing service repairs and rated A-plus from the BBB. Ken Herbert Plumbing, 513-383-2974. 513-383-2974.
7: You rely on your cars, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at
19: fortmitchellgarage.com.
0: Support us from Solidarity HealthShare.
19: Is inflation making you feel frustrated and out of control when it comes to your expenses? We have a solution. It's Solidarity HealthShare. With Solidarity HealthShare, you control what doctors you go to and how much you spend with pricing options that start as low as $384 for families.
20: Take control of your health care and your budget with Solidarity HealthShare, 855-954-5688. Solidarity HealthShare,
21: 855-954-5688. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery, and he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700. Online
15: at beaconortho.com. This is Father Michael Mary Dosh from St. Gertrude in Madeira. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport,
0: 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com.
1: It is Monday, the 2nd of October. It is the Feast of the Guardian Angels. Let's pray together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, the we'll Collect from Mass. Happy Feast of the Guardian Angels, O oh God, who in your unfathomable providence are pleased to send your holy angels to guard us. Hear our supplication as we cry to you that we may always be defended by their protection and rejoice eternally in their company. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. We are glad that you are along here as we start off a work week. Start off the month of October. Uh, I blinked and October started yesterday, but here we are. And uh, we are ready to rock, ready to help you out. Teresa Tamio is going to be with us. She's been in Italy doing some preparations and planning to uh, help pilgrims. We'll catch up with her this morning. Brennan Hodge from The Pillar will get us a bit of a refresher on... What the Synod on Synodality is and uh, what you need to know about it. There's a lot of stuff going around that you probably don't need to know about it. And there's a lot of confusing things out there. It's probably best to talk to Brendan about this. He works with the Pillar. They are trying to keep track of this and and give you something of a ba- balanced and measured take. So it will be good to talk to Brendan. Adam Wright will join us from Roadmap to Heaven on Covenant Network. We threw out a Gentleman's Wager last weekend involving the last baseball series of the year between the Reds and the Cardinals. I've got uh, I've got to talk to Adam about fulfilling my obligations to him. That's all I'm going to say about that for now. Stephanie Mann along as well also to talk about Confessor George Gilbert and the Catholic Association in our English Catholic history segment that we do with Stephanie. So please do stay with us if you can. Right now it's 2 minutes past. News of Service of Central Fabricators and CentralFabricators.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. <music>
2: Good morning. After putting forth a bill to avert a government shutdown that Democrats could support, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says he is not concerned about Florida Congressman Matt Gaetz's efforts to oust him as Speaker. McCarthy said on CBS's Face the Nation that it's a personal issue with Gaetz, noting that he was one of the last holdouts during the House vote for Speaker back in January. Gaetz announced Sunday that he plans to file a motion to have McCarthy removed as Speaker, making good on threats If a spending bill was passed with Democratic support, a GOP-sponsored 45-day stopgap bill passed in the House on Saturday with overwhelming Democratic support. Pope Francis asked for special prayers during his Angelus address yesterday for the people of Armenia in the disputed Artsakh region, also known as Nagorno-Karabakh, which has been under siege by Azerbaijani forces. From Vatican Radio, Linda Bordoni
3: reports.
2: I renew my call for dialogue between
4: Azerbaijan and Armenia, hoping that the talks between the parties, with the support of the international community, will favour a lasting agreement that will put an end to the humanitarian crisis. A lightning offensive last week led by Azerbaijan in the contested enclave of nagorno karabakh has led to an exit of Armenian residents in the area after Baku ordered the region's Armenian fighters to disarm, and conflicting leaders signed a ceasefire agreement. Armenian authorities said over 100,000 people had arrived in Armenia from the enclave, accounting for more than 80 percent of the enclave's Armenian population. In December 2022, Azerbaijan blocked the Lachin Corridor, the only road connecting Nagorno-Karabakh with Armenia. Pope Francis also said he is praying for the victims' of a tragic blast on the 25th of September in the city of Stepanakert that caused at least 170 deaths and many wounded. People who have been taken to hospitals that are struggling to treat them after the blockade in December left them with severe shortages of medical supplies. It is not yet clear what caused the explosion. I'm Linda Bordoni.
2: Pope Francis on Saturday presided over a consistory to create new cardinals. The 21 new cardinals came from all over the world, among them American-born Cardinal Robert Prevost, who heads up the dicastery for bishops, as well as the apostolic nuncio to the United States, Cardinal Christophe Pierre. This coming ahead of the opening of the Senate Assembly on the Feast of St. Francis on Wednesday. The U.S. Supreme Court's new term begins today. Major cases on the docket include gun rights, the power of federal agencies, social media regulation, and electoral districts drawn by Republican state lawmakers. The justices are also considering taking up a dispute over access to the abortion drug Mifepristone. California Governor Gavin Newsom is expected to appoint the pro-abortion EMILY's List president, Lafonza Butler to fill the seat of the late Senator Dianne Feinstein. According to Politico, the appointment will come sometime today. The longest-serving female U.S. Senator Feinstein died Thursday at the age of 90. General Motors has laid off more than 160 union workers at two plants in Ohio as the United Auto Workers strike continues to grow. Mark Mayfield reports.
5: GM laid off 130 workers at its Parma Metal Center just outside Cleveland and another 34 at its Marion Metal Center an hour north of Columbus. GM said in a statement that beginning today, a portion of the two plants won't have any work available and that the laid-off workers aren't expected to return until the strike is over. The layoffs come as the UAW expands its strike to more plants. I'm Mark Mayfield.
2: Temperature records that have stood for more than a century in the middle of the U.S. could fall this week. Forecasters say a swath of the Midwest could see afternoon highs 10 to 20 degrees warmer than average. That means highs well into the 80s and even near 90, threatening daily records from the 1800s. And the field is set for the MLB playoffs. The action begins tomorrow when eight teams take the diamond for the best of three wild card round. In the American League, it'll be the Tampa Bay Rays and the Texas Rangers, as well as the Toronto Blue Jays and the Minnesota Twins. On the National League side, the Milwaukee Brewers will take on the Arizona Diamondbacks, and the Miami Marlins will face the Philadelphia Phillies.
1: Okay, so there'll be plenty of time to talk baseball here later in the hour mm-hmm. when we talk to Adam, Adam Wright from Roadmap to Heaven, with whom yeah. we had a gentleman's wager on the last Reds and Cardinals series. Uh, but I did go back. I finally had a chance uh, earlier this morning to watch the last uh, couple innings of the baseball career of Miguel Cabrera at oh, Detroit. Did you see any of it? No,
2: no, I didn't. I was okay. watching the last at-bat for Adam Wainwright because okay. I was watching the Reds game, sadly
1: so um he has been DHing for a while but they put him out uh, and you know the end of the game and let him be on first base and all by himself on the field so the whole crowd could like go up I'm like tearing up even thinking right. about this and then uh, the first out of the inning is a ground ball straight to him at first base he takes it unassisted and steps on the bag and the crowd just explodes and they take him out. So, like, gets to go <laughs> he back on the field on, one more time and have nice. a moment. It was Adam,
2: cool. Adam Wainwright ended his career with a strikeout. Like, he's, he struck out at bat. Joey Votto, well, we don't know if it's the end of his career, the end of his Reds career at all at this point. But he, he got thrown out of closed the game. <laughs> it by being thrown out of the game from the dugout. Yelling at an you know, umpire about balls and strikes. We'll
1: talk about this more with Adam, but uh, Joey Votto getting thrown out against the Cardinals actually is a really kind of poetic way to end if this is how it ends.
2: But I hope it doesn't end. Honestly, we'll see. But we'll see. I was kind of upset. I was. I was a little upset.
1: But- well, we'll follow it forward. You don't have any like Taylor Swift news? Did she play football yesterday?
2: Oh, she was there. Mad, I was. I don't even know why. I avoided that. I can't believe you brought it up because I was like going to make that my final story here. And oh, then yeah, I thought I'm, so glad I'm glad gonna be didn't, and I I'm just gonna, gonna be shut. nice to Matt and not give him the Taylor Swift update with the Kansas City Chiefs. But since you brought it up, Matt, yes, she was there. Alright.
1: I'm just gonna let that just let 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 that it be sit a blank there. space. Yeah,
2: just all right. Teresa Tamio now joining us. No, from... no, 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 hold on. <laughs> I am so impressed with how many Taylor Swift songs you know.
1: Are, it's like I'm so impressed. It's like an assault on the senses.
2: Okay, now you can go to tea.
1: Teresa Tamio now joining us from Italy, Italia, where she's been uh, soaking up the scenery and pondering pilgrimage ideas and doing all kinds of great things over there, but still managing to do some Ave Maria radio stuff as well. Teresa, yeah. I'm glad that you are able to connect with us during your sojourn as well. How are you doing?
22: I'm doing great, and uh, yeah, I mean as long as you have the internet, you can do the radio program from anywhere as we all know. We've been all over the world on cruise ships, which we'll be doing again in January, from the Holy Land, from Italy, from Poland. So yeah, we are um, hanging out and we've got two pilgrimages coming up, and so that's why we're here. so we like to give ourselves some time to uh, you know relax a little bit beforehand, but we still I still work every day doing the show. Good Lord willing, the creek don't rise, as I say. But one of the things we're talking about this week, and we mentioned this last week with um, both Doug Keck on Friday and Joe Lewis on Catholic Connection, has to do with the Senate, obviously, on Sid Alley. Big news this week, uh, starting uh, all this month. And one of the things I wanted to mention is to be careful the types of news you're consuming, because everybody on whatever side of the aisle they're on, and we should all be in the same boat when we're Catholic because we don't—we shouldn't be calling ourselves liberal or conservative. We're Catholic. But uh, at the end of the day, don't look for, and some of the church leaders have said, there's huge changes on either side. I mean, this is a, a chance they're claiming, and I'm just quoting what um, one of the cardinals said. This is going to be about reflection and talking and getting to know more about each other and hearing each other out. So the media go into this looking for something to happen, like, Approving something that they could never approve anyway, such as like female priests or something like that. So, I think it's really important to stay tuned to the people uh, that are going to be covering it straightway. This is what the church teaches. This is what the synodality is about. So, that's just put some put, putting some advice out there from a media
1: perspective. Well, it's great advice for so many reasons uh, because when it comes to to how this thing goes, I, there are a whole bunch of people who've got the narrative sort of already set before right. anything's happened. Mm-hmm. I mean you've you've come from that world where people are like, All right, here's the story, go get me a quote <laughs> you know, the yeah, way just exactly. plug into this pre written yeah. story. There's a lot of that that mm-hmm. goes on. But also I think too that there's uh, the whole doom scrolling culture of I just want to find the next bad story. And I actually right. you know, this is one of the things that I think is a real temptation in the age of social media and the the clickbait culture and all that stuff is that sometimes, if you're not careful, the devil will get you to want the bad thing to happen just so you can then say, see, I was right. I told you this was terrible. And I mm-hmm. see I see that thing spread, spreading like poison, Teresa. I see all kinds of people who want this to go as badly as possible so they can say, ha, see, I was right. And that's a terrible place to be too. Uh, so, I mean, it is a very – Pray and fast, you know, and don't read too much because, to be honest, you can go down infinite rabbit holes with this stuff, and really it's not about learning every single thing that happens in every single committee. It's about praying for Christ to do what he's promised to do, which is to hold up his church.
22: Well, and I also think, too, in a couple of points, there are, there are groups in, in the Catholic world that, that call themselves Catholic but are just doomsday. I mean, all they talk about is, is it's the end of the world, it's the end of the church, run for your lives. And so they're looking for anything that's going to guarantee them more clicks. It's clickbait. If they can show, see, look at how negative, look at how bad, look at how crazy things are. Not that we don't have issues in the church, I'm not saying that, but they're almost just as bad as the secular media who come in and look for any little sign that the church is going to go totally woke and do this, that, and the other thing, which we know cannot happen because Christ promised that it wouldn't. So that's why it's really important, as you said, to pray. Pray for all those who are involved and yeah there are some people that are involved in this that makes you scratch your head of course but at the same time this is a dialogue that's going on and my i do have a concern that they're trying to put some people are trying to put a lot of things out there so eventually obviously they know deep down if they know anything about the church they can't change the doctrine but they can try to play with it a little bit if they keep putting it out there and putting it out there i'm concerned about that but at the same time i trust god i trust what he says in matthew 16 that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church you know you are peter and on this rock i built my church so i think we have to stay focused and pray and just remember christ is never going to abandon the church and let her you know go crazy because it's his church so just some things to keep in mind we're going to be covering it a lot on catholic connection father mitch clockwell will be back on talking about it again this week joe lewis and a few others but we've got great news sources on your show my show uh, Raymond Arroyo show EW10 news nightly the register you know there's all kinds of great resources so follow those and pray right and yeah. keep focused
1: and, well, and i would say too that you know even though we've got lots of different people putting out lots of different information i don't think it's spiritually healthy to spend 24/7 of your life no. digging through this stuff i don't think it's healthy no, uh, right it's i mean why i mean even you have a news Background and a career in this stuff, and you know you got to walk away sometimes, right? You got to walk away from absolutely. it and go like play yep. in the yard. And I just would encourage mm-hmm. people that don't let your FOMO cause you spiritual damage because you feel like you just have to just scroll and scroll and scroll and watch every podcast and and read every news story. Sometimes you got to walk away, right? And I absolutely. think that's the only thing too.
22: Yep, balance. All about balance. Doesn't mean you shouldn't be informed and, and keep in touch with what's going on. But yeah, it can consume you, and it can very easily consume you. You sit down, and you're following things on Facebook or checking out this or that. You'd be surprised how
1: quickly the hours go by, right? You get locked in a headspace, mm-hmm. and you start becoming suspicious of everybody. And it's everything. It's it's a it's a dangerous path. So let's pray together. Yep. Let's fast together. Let's see together, as that's what word it means. <laughs> and uh, let's. Yep. Let's uh, trust Christ um, that Amen. what's going on. Teresa Tamio, thank you as always. Have a wonderful day. You too. God bless. Ciao, ciao. Bye-bye. I'm probably the only uh, host on any broadcasting platform who would tell you that sometimes you've got to turn me off and go get some perspective. But I'm happy to say that. More interested in your soul than your ears, just so you know. We're back right after this with headlines. It's 16 past.
7: The new feature film, Mother Teresa and Me, sponsored by Fathom Events, is in theaters Thursday, October 5th. Mother Teresa and Me weaves together the stories of two women, Mother Teresa, who served the poor with love amidst her dark night of the soul, and Kavita, a young woman who is searching for love while struggling with her unexpected pregnancy. Mother Teresa and Me, in theaters Thursday, October 5th. More information at... FathomEvents.com That's FathomEvents.com Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is
9: calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into the suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to LordTeachMetopray.com Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to LordTeachMetopray.com And click on the red button today.
1: click the mystic monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com
2: that's son morningshow.com
10: proclaiming the
23: faith changing lives
2: the year was 2013
24: ewtn news nightly launches from washington dc bringing news and analysis from a catholic perspective to tv viewers and radio listeners worldwide
5: to learn more
23: about Mother Angelica's life and the history of EWTN, visit EWTN.com slash Mother Angelica.
1: 18 past. Here's Anna with headlines.
2: After, after putting forth a bill to avert a government shutdown, that Democrats could support, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says he is not concerned about efforts to oust him as Speaker. Pope Francis asked for special prayers for the people of Armenia and the disputed Artsakh region, which has been under siege by Azerbaijani forces. And the Holy Father on Saturday presided over a consistory to create 21 new cardinals.
1: News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show, meaning we got another newscast coming up about 11 minutes from now. It's the Feast of the Guardian Angels, and some of you on the live stream have been sharing some Guardian Angel stories. Uh, you can check us out on video and join that chat by going to sunrisemorningshow.com and clicking on the show notes uh you know i think about the guardian angels well a lot but not as much as i probably should they th- probably think about me a lot more than i think about them actually that's an easy uh, uh it's an easy thing to calculate yeah but um i, I thinking,
2: pray to my kids guardian angels more than i pray to my own i think
1: that's that's because you're a mom yeah. Uh, but I was thinking yeah. it'll be interesting in the long view of eternity to see just how many times the guardian angels were uh, involved in a situation. Oh, because, my you know,
2: gosh. I know. You
1: sometimes get like the stories of like the wild thing. And and that ten, tends to be the kind of things that people share. It's like, oh, this thing happened. And it was like weird and wild or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm more interested in like, you know, what? maybe I shouldn't tweet this. Like. You know, how many times does the guardian angel Has in there just be like, hey, buddy.
2: A whisper in your ear. Walk away. Just get
1: away. Get away. Get away. Walk away. From social media. Or, uh, you know what? Put down, the, put down the donut. Put down the donut. Hey, man, you don't put need a refill. Put down the ducky. You do not do need
2: Do you that remember refill. that episode from Sesame Street? Put down the ducky.
1: I don't know if or I remember. It was Bert and Ernie. Oh. No? Oh, okay. Maybe so. My childhood minute. is a bit of a foggy memory. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's This is like
2: my whole life. Last week is a foggy memory.
1: My Guardian Angel <laughs> has actually protected me from remembering, remembering most of my elementary <laughs> and middle
7: school
1: experiences. <laughs> guardian it's- angels, be with us today. It's 21 minutes past the hour.
7: Jesus said, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Do business with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Check out the Angels List on SacredHeartRadio.com. It's a list of businesses who underwrite Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. And if you'd like to get your business on the Angels List, email me, Leah, at SacredHeartRadio.com. That's Leah at Sacred Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rua Wood Psychological Services, integrating psychological science and the truths of our Catholic faith with offices in Dayton and Cincinnati. More information at 513 407 8878
18: or rwpsych.org. This is John Kennedy, a state farm agent serving Northern Kentucky and Cincinnati and a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. Whether it's home, auto, or life insurance, I can help with any of your insurance needs. I can be reached at 859 or online at johnkennedyinsurance.com.
17: Hi, I'm Patrick Cagney with Cagney Family Real Estate, Coldwell Banker. Proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. My father, Guy, sister Mar, and I have more than 60 years of real estate experience to help you with the most important buying and selling decisions. 513-319-7312.
7: You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at fortmitchellgarage.com.
1: Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available.
2: 23 minutes past the hour you're listening to the sunrise morning show on the ewtn global catholic radio network happy to have you along with us on this feast of our guardian angels pray for us brendan hodge back with us now on the sunrise morning show he is darwin from the darwin catholic blog he's author of if you can get it from ignatius press and is a contributing editor to the pillar good morning brendan
25: good morning great to be on with
2: you it is good to have you now the first global assembly for the synod on synodality is getting underway this week on the feast of saint francis um there was a lot that led up to this point that that we are finding ourselves in the church can you remind us of the whole process for the synod on synodality
25: yes Uh, A more standard synodal process, uh, because we do have synods of bishops to address various topics relatively frequently, every couple of years. Uh, Everyone probably remembers the Amazon Synod, but there have been synods on the family, on youth, etc. So normally in one of these synods, there is a working document which is put together by authorities uh, relating to the topic which the synod is supposed to discuss, and that working document will state what issues the synod is supposed to address. And then the members of the Synod will get together and discuss those topics and come up with a set of insights for the Church, which will then be reported out in their report to the Pope. The Pope will read that, and then he will write a synthesis document based on his reaction to their thoughts. In this Synod on Synodality, there was a very different process, where the direction from the Vatican Office for the Synod, um, Synodality was that there should be a series of synodal meetings starting at the very most basic level, so in individual parishes all over the world, and that these meetings and parishes would collect what people had to say about synodality in the Church And then they would roll that up and report it to dioceses, and then the diocese would roll this up and report it to regions, and the regions would roll it up and report to national bishops' conferences, and the national bishops' conferences would roll it up and report to continental assemblies. And then it's finally the synthesis of those continental assemblies, which is being discussed here in the global session. But that creates a really significant challenge because, as anyone who's played a game of telephone knows, when you pass word from one uh, person to another, things get a little bit mixed up. And another thing is, if if you think about ever being in a big meeting where people talk even just for an hour, what people get out of that meeting, what they say the key topics of discussion were, really varies a lot based on the interest of the person doing the reporting. And here we have that happen in layer after layer where – First, we had the people reporting on what was said in parishes, and then people reporting on what was said in dioceses and on up. And so there were kind of a lot of opportunities here for the message to change based on the interpretations of the people who were doing the synthesizing.
2: Now, that said, which is a great way to kind of lead us into this, um, you did a bunch of textual analysis, and we had a bunch of conversations on the morning show as as all of these documents were, were starting to come out and, and were being submitted to Rome to to create that working document that is going to be used this month in the, the global assembly. Um, but when you looked at the global documents, those that were available in English anyway, what did you find in terms of all of the various priorities around the world?
25: So one of the things we found was that there was A real difference in priorities you can see based on the conditions people were facing in different parts of the world. So, for instance, if you focus on words centering around poverty and people in need, uh, this was discussed about 10 times more in countries like Zimbabwe, Malaysia, the Philippines, and South Africa than it was in documents from Germany, uh, the U.S. And indeed, the global document that was put together by the Vatican. So, countries where there is really widespread poverty, where there's war and disruption, there was a lot more discussion of how people should be dealing with instability. Uh, another thing that really stuck out was how people talked about uh, kind of marriage and family issues. The words family and marriage were discussed a lot more, and even words like divorce and remarriage in documents from what you might call the developing world, from Zimbabwe, the Philippines, South Africa, and actually a lot less in affluent countries, where you saw a lot more discussion of LGBT issues and the place of women in the church. So there were clearly some very different priorities that different parts of the world were bringing into this discussion.
2: So then, Brendan, what is going to be the challenge in this month of meetings in the Global Assembly?
25: So as they put the Global Assembly together, it's still going to be a pretty big group. And uh, Father Barron actually had a really good explanation of how this works on a day-to-day basis. They're going to take this large synodal group of lay people and bishops and break them up into small discussion groups based on what language they speak. So that will mix people up a little bit. So I mean, you'll have people who speak English from Nigeria, sitting with people who speak English from Canada and the UK and the US, mm. but you'll still have these language divisions and each of these groups will then sit down and discuss the topics in the global working document. So there may be some very different discussions going on according to different language breakouts there. And then those different language groups will report out what they've experienced in their conversations, and then there will be an attempt to put together a single document with the outcomes from their discussions
2: and then there will be a whole other year in this whole process so we don't even get any kind of like definitive results for another year beyond this so it's gonna be really interesting uh, just all kinds of, of differences between this particular synod and the one that uh the ones that we have had in the past in the church you can go read brendan's analyses of the documents over at PillarCatholic.com. brendan thank you so much thank you all right it's half past the hour now on the sunrise morning show it's time for news after putting forth a bill to avert a government shutdown, the Democrats could support House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says he is not concerned about efforts to oust him as Speaker. He was speaking on CBS's Face the Nation, saying it's a personal issue with Congressman Matt Gates of Florida. McCarthy noted that Gates was one of the last holdouts during the vote in the House of Representatives for Speaker back in January. Gates announced yesterday that he plans to file a motion to have McCarthy removed as Speaker, making good on a threat if a spending bill was passed with Democratic support. A GOP-sponsored 45-day stopgap bill passed in the House on Saturday with overwhelming Democratic support, which did avert a government shutdown. Pope Francis has asked for special prayers for the people of Armenia in the disputed Artsakh region, also known as Nagorno-Karabakh which has been under siege by Azerbaijani forces. Vatican News reports the Holy Father appealed for dialogue between the two. More than 100,000 people have fled Artsakh after an explosion near the de facto capital of the region, which killed at least 170 people. Pope Francis said, quote, I renew my call for dialogue between Azerbaijan and Armenia, hoping that the talks between the parties with the support of the international community will favor a lasting agreement that will put an end to the humanitarian crisis, end quote. Also, during his Angelus address, the Holy Father invited the faithful to pray the rosary in this month dedicated to the Holy Rosary for a number of special intentions. From Vatican Radio, Linda Bordoni has more. Noting that October is... Apparently that is not going to work, but he... Asked for prayers for peace in Ukraine and for the Synod on Synodality, which begins on Wednesday. In other news, student loan payments are back. Payments officially went back into effect yesterday after an over three-year pause brought on by the COVID pandemic. As many as a hundred as many as forty million Americans are now back paying the loans, despite constant pushback from the Biden administration. The Supreme Court blocked a policy back in June that would have forgiven $20,000 in student debt for many borrowers. The U.S. Supreme Court, meanwhile, begins its new term today. Major cases on the court's docket include those involving gun rates, the power of federal agencies, social media regulations, and electoral districts drawn by Republican state lawmakers. The justices are also considering taking up a dispute over access to the abortion drug Mifepristone. California Governor Gavin Newsom is expected to appoint pro-abortion Emily's List President LaFonza Butler to fill the seat of the late Senator Dianne Feinstein. Mark Mayfield has the story.
5: According to Politico, the appointment will come Monday, and Newsom is making his appointment without putting limitations or preconditions on Butler running for the seat next year. The longest serving female U.S. Senator, Feinstein, died Thursday at the age of 90. I'm Mark Mayfield.
2: The Archdiocese of Baltimore is filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy reorganization. The filing comes in response to a new law that went into effect yesterday in Maryland which lifts the statute of limitations for civil lawsuits related to child sexual abuse. Baltimore Archbishop William Lurie tells the Catholic Review he expects many lawsuits to be filed against the Archdiocese. He added a reorganization would assure equitable settlements to victim survivors, while at the same time sustaining the ministries of the Archdiocese and its parishes, schools and charities. Temperature records that have stood for more than a century in the middle of the United States could be falling this week. Forecasters say a swath of the Midwest could see afternoon highs 10 to 20 degrees warmer than average. That means that highs well into the 80s and even near 90 are threatening daily records from the 1800s. Highs are usually in the 60s and lower 70s. That's the news it's 35 minutes past the hour.
0: The Family, please know that Sacred Heart Radio has never sold or shared our mailing list with anyone. So when you donate or sign up to receive our newsletters, be confident that Sacred Heart Radio will not sell or share your information with other organizations.
12: This is Chris Knockelman, owner of Schneller Knockelman Plumbing Heating and Air. Our family has been a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio for more than a decade, and we encourage other businesses to do the same. Find us at skpha.com skpha.com.
0: Good food can still be fast food. Bridgetown Finer Meats, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, has a convenient online store at BridgetownFinerMeats.com. They're all your favorite prepared foods, like their delicious homemade soups, beef barbecue, chicken and stuffing, and sweet potato casserole, all available at a click of a button for same day pickup. They also have high quality fresh meats like pork, veal, chicken, beef, and seafood, and even produce. Fast, convenient shopping on the go at. BridgetownFinderMeets.com.
2: It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Feast of Our Guardian Angels, Monday, October the 2nd. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockman, plumbing, heating, and air online at skpha.com. Looks like we got some summer-like conditions for the next couple of days. Right now, temperatures in the upper 50s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, it'll be sunny and warm today with a high of 84 degrees. Clear skies tonight with an overnight low of 60. Sunny and warm again tomorrow with a high of 85 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, sunny skies today and a high near 84. Clear tonight with an overnight low of 60. Mostly sunny skies tomorrow and a high near 85 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio, 740 a.m., 9, 10 a.m. Watch our live stream over at our website, sacredheartradio.com.
1: The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I want to put out some affiliate congratulations uh, to a couple members of the EWTN radio family. Our Lady of Perpetual Help Radio in Essex Junction, Vermont. They are having their sixth year anniversary of being connected with the affiliate family. Also, Our Lady of Mount Carmel Radio in Pittsburgh, Kansas. That's uh, nine years for them. So congratulations to Donna and Father Bob in Kansas from your friends at the Sunrise Morning Show. Uh, Now, our friendship with another affiliate group has, you know, gone through some tensions and strains. But I feel like we've come out on the other side stronger. And that would be our friends in the Covenant Network, where Adam Wright hosts Roadmap to Heaven, which goes on the air after the Sunrise Morning Show on weekdays. There across the Covenant Network. And Adam, whew, this is a tough conversation. I've been preparing for it all morning, but how are you? I am
23: doing great this morning, Matt. All of St. Louis had a fantastic weekend. Undefeated oh, yeah. in
1: October. I, I know you did. You had you were completely undefeated in October, and you'll be watching the playoffs from home, much like us in Cincinnati. <laughs> but we put a, a wager out at your suggestion And I took you up on it because I thought things would turn out differently, Uh, but the goal was for us to beat you, our Reds, to beat your Cardinals in the last series of the season. You guys took it from us, and so you'll be getting some skyline chili from Anna Mitchell and myself. Uh, I I hope you enjoy it.
23: I I think we will. The weather's just starting to turn to cool fall weather. The leaves are turning here, and I can think of nothing better than some tasty chili sweetened with the knowledge that my Cardinals beat your Reds in the – head-to-head play this season.
1: And I have to say it, that this year you were the better team. Just gonna let but, out That's very way.
23: humbling of you, Matt. I, I, I'm happy to hear you say that. And I just want you to know that red is the color of our Cardinals. So if you ever want to make that leap from being a Reds fan to a Cardinals fan, <laughs> that's a bridge too far, man. Already a ready bridge to go. Too far. We'll, we'll welcome you.
1: <laughs> you know, it's been an interesting and an emotional year, and there's so many things that can be talked about here because, you know, you and I, I mean, if there's one thing that can be said about the Universal Catholic Church, it's that it brings people together from all kinds of different backgrounds. I mean where else could a Cardinal's fan and a Red's fan both go to mass at the same you know location right i mean this is This is the extraordinary nature of the Universal Church, but there have been so many emotional um aspects of the season, of course, over the weekend uh you know. Legendary knuckleballer Tim Wakefield passed away um, in his late fifties from cancer uh, and this is a you know something that sort of rocked the Red Sox family. An emotional weekend in Detroit saying goodbye to Miguel Cabrera, uh, which even I'm not even a Detroit person, and I got emotional with that. Of course, you all have had a string of these in St. Louis we've we don't know if we've said goodbye to Joey Votto in Cincinnati but you've had to say goodbye successively to Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina and this weekend Adam Wainwright. I mean this is some emotional stuff you guys have been going through in St. Louis.
23: Yeah, you know, I was really shocked that Adam Wainwright didn't retire at the end of last year when he after he set the battery record with Yadier Molina. Uh, But he wanted that 200th win, and it looked bleak this season, Matt. I I was starting to doubt whether or not it would be possible. But to see him get that 200th win, and then for Cardinal Nation to see him get one last at bat, he was probably one of our best-hitting pitchers in the last 10, 20 years. Uh, It's really something, and the, the way they sent him out, you know, he's a country music singer. They had him give a concert the other night after the game. They gave him all sorts of... Uh, goodies to say thank you and, and you know, we fans in St. Louis, we get really emotional and there are a lot of tears of joy, a lot of tears of sadness saying goodbye to Adam Wainwright this weekend.
1: Well, it's it's so interesting. Uh, I can't help but think And I don't want to go too far into the synod stuff that's dominating all the news and all the questions of, you know, how people are going to be, uh, you know, trying to listen to some of the concerns that have been raised by parishes uh, parishes and dioceses and regions and continents and all of that. Uh, But it was interesting. I can't help but think about baseball whenever this kind of stuff comes up, uh, because baseball put it out there and sort of listened to the fans. And this year, all kinds of weird stuff changed. And I was— there's some of it that I really don't like, and some of it that I really do like. <laughs> I do like the band the shift. I do like if you bring in a relief pitcher, he's got to face three batters. I, I, uh, I'm still jury out on the pitch clock, uh, but you know, it's still baseball, and you know, it is interesting to me to see those parallels. Uh, I wonder if you had anything from the changes in baseball this year that you liked or didn't like, uh, or or if you were just kind of like just rolling with it.
23: Well, you know, I, I'm still adjusting to the changes. I'm a bit of a purist, so I, I'm, Same I'm out, here. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm jury's still out for me on a lot of that, but here, here's the lesson for us this season from the Cardinals. Going into this year, our management, our front office said, hey, we've got a great team put together. It's going to be a good team. And everybody was saying, are you sure about that? Because the, the pitching doesn't look that great this year. And we finished 71-91 and 91 with, a, you know, only 43% of our games did we win. Because no one along the line said, hey, you know, that plan we had wasn't working out so well. We, we maybe want to change. And, you know, I, I told our listeners a lesson for us in the spiritual life is it's not our plan. It, it's God's plan that matters. And especially when our plan is failing, we should have the humility to say, hey, this isn't working out. Maybe we ought to do what uh, somebody's telling us to do here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, what's interesting, too, uh, you know, watching some of these uh, you know, mega players. Uh, I mean, names like Pujols and Molina and Vado and Wainwright have dominated the National League Central for all these years. And you know, it's it's something that you know you have to think about as a parent, something you have to think about as a person in the church, something you have to think about an apostle at work, something we've had to think about you and I and a whole bunch of other people in in Catholic media is, you know, how do you balance that question of, um long-time experience and sort of knowing and feeling how things should go, the wisdom that comes with that experience, but also like leaving room for new voices, new faces who have that kind of new energy and enthusiasm and are, you know, maybe not as jaded. You know, that was one of the most exciting stories in the Reds, right, is all the rookies that we brought up this year. But, you know, in the church, there is always that balance of, you know, making sure that the old voices get heard, the new voices, you know, bring their energy that you don't sacrifice the wisdom, but you don't crush the energy. I mean, there are just analogies after analogies to be had here.
23: Exactly. You know, we were telling our listeners last week, uh, we, we had our, our fall. Fundraiser, And, you know, I, I said, Tony La Russa, longtime manager of the Cardinals, won two World Series with the Cardinals, said, go out there and play a hard nine. And I, said, that, that's such a great lesson for life. Don't worry about, you know, the, the extra innings. Worry about right now the, the nine innings you know you have to play and go out there and leave everything on the field. And uh, th- that's what I tell my kids. It's like do everything you can to be holy today. And don't worry about tomorrow, but, but live it out today.
1: Well, you know the surest way to strike out is to think about the last at bat or the next at bat, <laughs> right? Exactly. I mean, that's, that's the easiest way to strike out. It's like, you know, could you make a more clear spiritual analogy? The easiest way to mess up is to focus on what you did before that was bad or focus on something you can't control yet. Now, yeah. there's just analogy after analogy. Uh, what do you got going on on Roadmap to Heaven today?
23: Oh, we have a a great day today. We are talking about Eucharistic revival. We've got a a wonderful woman here in St. Louis who's put together a Eucharistic miracles exhibit that's going from parish to parish, and it's a great opportunity for our listeners. And then we're actually starting with uh, a series with Father Wade Menezes today. He was gracious enough to come on and talk with me a few weeks ago about what's in a name. And as my son's preparing for his confirmation this year, and has to pick a new name, Father Wade's going to be breaking open all week uh, the importance of a name, not just your baptismal name, but your confirmation name and, and why they matter.
1: No, that's great. Well, and it also, uh, you know, it's a great opportunity to talk about the saints who share your name, if that has happens to be the case for you. Of course, uh, you're named after the first person ever, so I don't know how you make those connections. I would just be careful about what you eat today. Yeah, well, so. let's
23: just say this, Matt. My name literally means dirt. <laughs> that's
1: true. You know, I'm, Paul Lockman has been making Adam Wainwright jokes all morning since he saw Adam Wright on the calendar, you know, on the clock today. So uh, I'm sure that's never been said to you being a St. Louis person.
23: Yeah, well, you know, I met him one time and I said, hey, you're Adam Wainwright. I'm Adam Wright. And he said, yeah, and I'm a pitcher for the Cardinals. What do you do? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, it's not important. No, it is important, and we are so grateful to you and all the people at the Covenant Network for helping to uh, spread the word in that section of the country. We're very grateful you carry the Sunrise Morning Show. Thank you, and have a great day on Roadmap to Heaven. You too, Matt, and uh, good job, Reds, on having a winning season this year. Hey, we'll see you next year. We'll see you in the spring. It is 12 till. We're back right after this. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare.
19: Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things that violate your beliefs?
20: Join Solidarity Healthshare, a faith based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844 334 3245. That's 844 334 3245. Solidarity Healthshare. 844 334 3245. Mystic
1: Monk Coffee has brought back their pumpkin spice blend, and unlike the competition, buying their coffee has the added bonus of supporting the Carmelite Monks of Wyoming and the Sunrise Morning Show.
2: Go to sunrisemorningshow.com and click the Mystic Monk link to get that or any of their other coffee blends or teas. When you check out, we earn a commission.
1: And there's no better vessel for your Mystic Monk pumpkin spice latte than a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug. Find those in our online store.
2: Do pumpkin spice the Catholic way. Just head on over to sonrisemorningshow.com. This month's devotion is to the Holy Rosary. St. John Paul II called the rosary
7: his favorite prayer, in which we meditate with Mary upon the mysteries which she, as a mother, meditated on in her heart. The rosary is one of the most cherished prayers of our Catholic faith. Join in this devotion to Mary and strengthen our connection to Our Lady with rosary beads, bracelets, boxes, pouches, and rings. Available at EWTNRC.com.
18: Hi, this is Cy Kellett. Later today on Catholic Answers Live, Scott Hahn will be here.
10: Join us. Catholic Answers Live, 6 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Now, back to the Sunrise Morning Show. It's
2: 11 until... Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Stephanie Mann. Go read her excellent blog over at supremacyandsurvival.blogspot.com. Good morning, Stephanie. Good morning, Anna. Nice to talk to you again. It is nice to have you back, and we're continuing our series on the mementos of the English Martyrs and Confessors by Father Henry Sebastian Bowden. And today we're going to be talking about another confessor, so someone who did not die a martyr, is not necessarily uh, beatified or canonized either, but but still right. very much consequential in the time of persecution of the church during the, the English Reformation. And today we are focusing on a man mm-hmm. named George Gilbert, who formed what was known yes. as the Catholic Association. So what was the Catholic Association and how did Gilbert come to found it?
26: George Gilbert uh, founded this association. It was a group of, uh, the terms used are, they were brave, young, Catholic men of land and fortune. In other words, they had money mm-hmm. and they were part of English society who then dedicated themselves to maintaining the funds that the, pre- the missionary priests would need, uh, making sure that they had all the uh, accoutrements they needed, they had horses, the right kind of clothing and then led them around to these priests to the different uh catholic homes so that they could serve the the recusant catholics this is in the this was formed in in uh, the early 1580s uh, in 1581 it was approved actually by the pope pope Clement the uh, uh 13th to do this excuse me gregory the 13th uh in 1580 on april 14th to do this work and so there their purpose was, again, to support the missionary priests in all these different ways. So as the missionary priests were encountering all these dangers from the pursuivants, or those who were on the lookout for Catholic priests being in England uh, and uh, trying to spread and, and maintain the Catholic faith, these young men were also in danger as they helped support those those priests. Yeah. And so it was a dangerous time. And then and all of a sudden, it, the, the interesting thing is just that date. It was approved in 1580. And then in 1581, as as the Jesuits, again, started going to England as missionary priests, the English government realized the danger or thought this was the danger that they faced with these uh, missionary priests, especially because St. Edmund Campion, uh, issued his great brag in which he says, this is why we're here. This is what we want to do. So they started to crack down and hunt for these priests in, uh, in, more, in a more organized way, just as this group had started organizing a way to get the priests around. So wow. it, it came at a dangerous time indeed.
2: Yeah, and we'll get more into that in, in just a second. But first, yeah. tell us more about the life of George Gilbert. What do we know? Right. I thought this was interesting in the uh, uh in
26: Father Bower's description of the, this Catholic association, particularly talking about George Gilbert, he said that he was had a large fortune. And the interesting terms I thought he used, he said he was a Puritan by profession, but he followed in his youth the life of a gay cavalier. So <laughs> Puritan and Cavalier you don't usually associate you don't put together. Those two together. <laughs> yeah. So he was Yeah. But I guess he was having—he was enjoying his life. Well, he, I guess maybe he thought he was one of the elect, so it didn't matter, right? Sure, <laughs> <laughs> sure, according to go. Calvinist yeah. <laughs> uh, doctrine. So he went abroad, and then he went to Rome. And as often happens, the beauty of the church, the the piety of Catholics that he saw, attracted him to the Catholic Church. And he was actually reconciled by to the Catholic Church by uh, Father. Uh, Parsons, who was one of the great Jesuit leaders and would be one of those who would organize on the continent all the ways that Catholic priests and laity would be formed uh, uh, at the different Jesuit and other colleges. And so then he returned to England and then he started this process of of uh, devoting himself to the missionary priest with this, this Catholic association to, uh, with papal approval. And Father Bowden uh, emphasizes that these members promised to live like lives of the apostles. And, and in fact, he uses Father Bowden uses a verse from the Acts of the Apostles to say they, they had everything in common. They worked together. They helped the, sustain the church. And so they were uh, starting this process of, of helping the, the Catholic priests in 1581 through 1582, about until they had to leave England for the, because of the dangers that they were facing.
2: Yeah. So, what happens to George Gilbert in that time as they flee?
26: He goes. To, he goes to actually to Rome, like back to, back to Rome, and he becomes a student at the venerable English College there in Rome, that where so many of the priests, missionaries, and and martyrs would die, uh, would uh, graduate from and go to England. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, one of the things that Father Father Bowden mentions that's so important that Gilbert did, was he started funding the frescoes that were, that at one time, they don't now, but illustrated the chapel of the English college in Rome that highlighted these, not only the past martyrs of England, like, uh, uh, well, like St. Thomas Becket and th- those from earlier generations, but also these new Catholic martyrs who were suffering, and particularly one of those that's most opposite to to th- thinking about the work he'd been doing, was a, a, and I have it on my blog spot for this uh, entry, a uh, depiction of the martyrdoms of uh, Saints Edmund Campion and Alexander Bryant and Ralph Sherwin, Sherwin on December 1st, 1581. And I think this may have been his greatest contribution to the whole cause of, of Catholicism in England, because those frescoes were used when finally in the late 19th century england could take pause and and the diocese and, and the the authorities in england could look back and say these are men and women these catholic martyrs who should be honored should be raised to the uh, honors of the altar and become blessed and and saints on uh, in our church and these frescoes were used as saying see there has been a a, a pattern of veneration they do have a people do have devotion to them. And so that was very important. So in a way, what he did as he was not in that very active pursuit of, of helping Catholic priests in England, what he did when he was in Rome before he died of a fever on October 6 1583, was this process of, of illustrating the, the great martyrdoms that were taking place in his own age
2: in England. <laughs> This uh, fresco, the one that you you chose here showing Edmund Campion, is definitely not for the faint of heart uh, when you enlarge it, but wow, yeah, I can see how this would have uh, got people to sit up and take notice of what was going on there in England. We've been talking about George Gilbert, who was admitted to the Jesuits on his deathbed in 1583 for his great work in the church in england and we've been talking about it with stephanie mann go read it in mementos of yes. the english martyrs and confessors go read her blog supremacy and survival stephanie thank you so much thank you all right that'll do it for this national edition of the sunrise morning show may god bless you and keep you and grant you his peace
0: If you're planning to give an end-of-the-year gift to Sacred Heart Radio, we are grateful. And there are several ways to give, including a stock gift through your IRA or a donor-advised fund. There's planned giving, employee-matching funds. You can send a check, donate online, and more. Contact your financial advisor for more information on the tax benefits of donating to Sacred Heart Radio. And to see and read about all the ways to give, visit SacredHeartRadio.com and click on
15: Ways to Give. Offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian spirituality, the Jesuit Spiritual Center is offering weekend retreats this fall led by various retreat masters, including Father Michael Graham. Join us this October for a weekend of silence as you experience the great treasures of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Register now at Jesuitspiritualcenter.com Jesuitspiritualcenter.com That's Jesuitspiritualcenter.com
0: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors. Equipped with the latest technology and market knowledge, Hoting Realtors can make the buying and selling process easier. 513-451-4800 and Hoting.com.
7: Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when BrosArt Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Roseart Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait at brosartpharmacy.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Ours Cafe and Meeting House,
0: opening October 2nd, offering delicious varieties of coffee and fresh-baked goods, pastries, sandwiches, and soups. Ars Cafe and Meeting House, 6988 North Dearborn
18: Road in Guilford, Indiana. The Cincinnati Chapter of Legatus is a national network of Catholic business owners, CEOs, and managing partners facing the challenges of faith, family, and business each day. We meet once a month with our spouse for a mass, dinner, and speaker. We have the support of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati and many members throughout the parishes, including yours. We would appreciate the chance to share what we are about with you and enjoy Mass together soon. Contact us at at cincinnatiatlegottis.org. That's cincinnatiatlegottis.org.
7: Being prepared is everything, right? Does your family know your wishes for your final resting place? Gate of Heaven Cemetery, Archdiocese of Cincinnati's pre-planning family services advisors will assist you and your family with your advanced planning by helping you make decisions calmly and with a clear mind. Attend an upcoming pre-planning seminar at Gate of Heaven Cemetery so you can rest with peace of mind. 513-489-0300. 513-489-0300.
6: I'm Father Chet Artishevitz of the Glenmary Home Missioners, and thank you so much for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio.
0: 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com.
1: To start your day. We continue on this Feast of the Guardian Angels by praying together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, answer those who seek you. For those whose work leads leads them daily into danger, protect them and grant peace of mind to their loved ones. For those who serve in the military, especially in areas of violence, protect them and grant peace of mind to their loved ones. For those who live in fear, especially in homes plagued by violence, protect them and grant peace of mind to their loved ones. O God, you watch over your children with protective love, made manifest in the guardian angels. Keep us all from harm through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. It is a better way to start a Monday morning, the Sunrise Morning Show here on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. Many of you have been spending a little time with us already. We're glad, however long you've been here, that you are here. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. And up this hour, we're going to talk to uh, Amy Wellborn and her response to to Cardinal Dolan's column about the length of Mass. Um, She's unpacked a little bit of this so far, but there is much, much more to say about our attitudes toward Mass, um, the planning process of a Mass, the whole thing. Like, why are we at Mass in the first place? There's a lot to unpack. Dr. Leonard DeLorenzo will talk more about the Sabbath and family culture. Dr. Benjamin Lewis has more thoughts on translations, especially translations in the Liturgy of the Hours. He actually works in the uh, part of the church that does English translations of stuff. And then, Dr., uh, then Tim Glimkowski will be along as well. I, uh, I should have practiced that in the mirror a few more times before I said it. Tim Glimkowski with us at the end of the hour. Right now, it is two minutes past... News of service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com, as well as Bridgetown Finer Meats and bridgetownfinermeats.com. Here's Anna Mitchell.
2: Good morning. After putting forth a bill to avert a government shutdown that Democrats could support, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says he is not concerned about Florida Congressman Matt Gates' efforts to oust him as Speaker. McCarthy said on CBS's Face the Nation it's a personal issue with Gates," he noted, Gates was one of the last holdouts during the House vote for Speaker in January. Gates announced yesterday he plans to file a motion to have McCarthy removed as Speaker, making good on his threats if a spending bill was passed with Democratic support. A GOP-sponsored 45-day stopgap bill without funding for Ukraine passed in the House Saturday with overwhelming Democratic support. General Motors has laid off more than 160 union workers at two plants in Ohio as the United Auto Workers strike grows. Mark Mayfield reports.
5: GM laid off 130 workers at its Parma Metal Center just outside Cleveland and another 34 at its Marion Metal Center an hour north of Columbus. GM said in a statement that beginning today, a portion of the two plants won't have any work available and that the laid off workers aren't expected to return until the strike is over. The layoffs come as the UAW expands its strike to more plants. I'm Mark Mayfield.
2: The U.S. Supreme Court's new term begins today. Major cases on the docket include those involving gun rights, the power of federal agencies, social media regulation, as well as electoral districts drawn by Republican state lawmakers. The justices are also considering taking up a dispute over access to the abortion drug Mifepristone. Pope Francis on Saturday presided over a consistory to create new cardinals. The 21 new cardinals came from all over the world, among them American-born Cardinal Robert Prevost, who heads up the Dicastery for Bishops, as well as the Apostolic Nuncio to the United States, Cardinal Christophe Pierre. This coming ahead of the opening of the Synod Assembly on the Feast of St. Francis. This week, the Holy Father asked for prayers for the Synod Assembly. The Holy Father also asked for special prayers for the people of Armenia in the disputed Artsakh region, also known as Nagorno-Karabakh, which has been under siege by Azerbaijani forces. From Vatican Radio, Linda
3: Bordoni reports.
4: I renew my call for dialogue between Azerbaijan and Armenia, hoping that the talks between the parties, with the support of the international community, will favour a lasting agreement that will put an end to the humanitarian crisis. A lightning offensive last week led by Azerbaijan in the contested enclave of nagorno karabakh has led to an exodus of Armenian residents in the area after Baku ordered the region's Armenian fighters to disarm, and conflicting leaders signed a ceasefire agreement. Armenian authorities said over 100,000 people had arrived in Armenia from the enclave, accounting for more than 80 percent of the enclave's Armenian population. In December 2022, Azerbaijan blocked the Lachin Corridor, the only road connecting Nagorno-Karabakh with Armenia. Pope Francis also said he is praying for the victims' of a tragic blast on the 25th of September in the city of Stepanakert that caused at least 170 deaths and many wounded. People who have been taken to hospitals that are struggling to treat them after the blockade in December left them with severe shortages of medical supplies. It is not yet clear what caused the explosion.
2: I'm Linda Bordoni. Temperature records that have stood for more than a century in the middle of the U.S. could be falling this week. Forecasters say a swath of the Midwest could see afternoon highs 10 to 20 degrees warmer than average. More on this locally in weather in just a few minutes. And many baby and child products are now exempt from sales tax in Ohio. A bill that waives the tax was passed by state lawmakers earlier this year and went into effect yesterday. A number of items such as diapers and safety seats are included in the measure. Cribs and strollers that meet certain safety guidelines are exempt as well. I'm pumped. I buy a lot, and I mean a lot, of diapers. And they are expensive. Of course, there are many moms listening right now like telling me to just go to the, you know reusable diapers, but, but just, I just, I never, I don't, I don't have the stamina for those. Anyway, I'm just trying to avoid the sports report, but we got to get to it. Sports on Sacred Heart Radio, brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Hi, Paul.
27: Hey, Anna, if I hit the uh, sports music early, then uh, maybe It I just don't... can be shorter. Yeah, I don't have yeah, to talk ahead. about it as much. But, All right, Bengals. They played in Nashville. They got a 3-0 lead, and then I turned off the TV. I don't know if anything else happened after that. <clears throat> but what this piece of paper tells me in front of me, Bengals lost 27-3 in Nashville. Not a good case at all. Cincinnati drops to 1-3. We'll uh, take on the Cardinals in a Week 5 matchup in Phoenix on Sunday. Let's hope for a better result there. Reds uh, faced a different kind of Cardinals. They faced the St. Louis Cardinals, and uh, playoff hopes were dashed by Saturday. Reds uh, fell out of con- dead contention following back-to-back losses to St. Louis. Though uh, yesterday, it was already decided. Reds lose four to three. Finished the season at eighty-two and eighty. Very successful um, season by that uh, standard. And of course, we can always hope for uh, a great start to next year, considering how uh, how much we improved. Mm-hmm. And uh, like we were saying, most of uh, the year. We weren't expected to be this good. No. so
2: I, I, I do have to say, now that it's over and right. I'm sad about it, of I course. Mean, it still stings, especially yes. considering how it ended. But I was so depressed at the beginning of this season thinking that this was just going to be a throwaway season. And here we were down to the last weekend of the season – did we find out that we weren't going to make the playoffs. Like, that's right. unbelievable the, considering what exactly I thought at the beginning of this. Total,
27: yeah, totally a fun ride. And, of course, yeah, to make it to the uh, third last day or second last day mm-hmm. of the year, uh, yeah. pretty exciting stuff. Also, congratulations to FC Cincinnati. They are the 2023 yes. Supporters shield, shield winners. Uh, I believe that means they are the best team in the MLS. And uh, that. awesome. Uh, yeah, so uh, a great feeling. They got to pop some champagne, and uh, we got to celebrate a little bit because that was about it yeah. as far as a uh, celebration in uh, the sports world goes yeah. uh, as far as this weekend. Uh, in
2: Cincinnati, anyway.
27: No, that didn't include high They're school.
2: They're all camp. Marks fans.
27: Yes. Good point.
2: What was the outcome of the Elder-Molar game?
27: Oh, It was a uh, molar game more than an elder game, okay. to, to put it lightly. All right. Wasn't okay. pretty.
2: Good to know.
27: All right, 10 minutes passed. Let's get to traffic and weather because we at least yeah, know weather is good. Uh, traffic may not be pretty, but we, we can get to weather eventually. Traffic <laughs> first, a service of Larkin Cobb, Chevrolet, Buick, and GMC in Eaton, Ohio on the web at LarkinCobb.com. Bad news, good
2: news. Yeah, Dayton area southbound 75 shut down at Wagner Ford because of an accident. Looks like at least an hour delay right now. Back to I-70 in the uh, Cincinnati area. Northbound seventy one seventy five A little slow from 275 up to the cut in the hill. Inner loop of 275 going westbound is slowing through the construction from Turkey Foot over toward Mineola Pike. Northbound 471 slowing from Alexandria Pike up to the river. On the Ohio side, uh, westbound 275 toward the top of the loop, slowing from Ward's corner over towards 71. Southbound 75 is slowing as you head through the Lachlan split. Now for weather, it does still feel like summer on October the 2nd. Sunshine today in Cincinnati with a high of 84 degrees. Clear skies tonight with an overnight low of 60. Sunny and warm again tomorrow with a high of 85. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, sunny skies today, high near 84, clear tonight and an overnight low of 60, mostly sunny tomorrow, and a high near 85 degrees. Today is Monday, October the 2nd. It is the feast of our guardian angels who light and guard and rule and guide us. Pray for us joining us now on the sunrise morning show is Amy Wellborn really want to encourage you to go read her Charlotte was both blog over at Amy so much good stuff to read there on any number of topics Amy good morning
24: good morning how are you doing
2: I am doing fine and excited to finally get to talk to you about this because I really yeah. think you put your finger on it uh, Cardinal Timothy Dolan of New York Made some waves in the Catholic world, to say the least, with a column that right. he wrote for our Sunday visitor talking about um, one of the more significant results that came out of the listening sessions that he was doing in the Archdiocese of New York in the Synod right. Synodality, that perhaps mass is just too long. now. <laughs> many 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 people responded to him saying well my mass is over an hour and i've got this lengthy homily from the priest and mass is packed every weekend everybody's staying through all five verses of the closing hymn um right. harping back to something that that he was kind of complaining about and like i said i think you really put your finger on this amy the real problem which cardinal dolan didn't quite take it to this level so what do you think
24: Well, I mean, I think that a lot of people were, first of all, I don't know, taken aback, although, or maybe even offended by what they perceived as a flippant tone in the Cardinals' um, column there. Um, You know, because the the whole issue, even just saying Mass is too long, is such a weighted kind of fraught thing to say. It's like, what does that even mean, and should we care, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. it, I'm not even going to address that question of is that even, should that even be an issue? You know, the quote length of mass, but just in and of itself. But what I what I read his column, most of the things that he listed that quote make mass quote too long, are you know, things that are either not in the ritual period, or are. Ex- ways of doing the rubrics and aspects of the Mass that reflect nothing but ego. Mm. (laughs) The ego of the celebrant, the ego of the committee that planned it, the ego of musicians or other ministers. It is a centering of the self. Um, And this is something that I've kind of harped on for a long time, I wrote a, co- a blog a long time ago called It's Not the Reverence It's the Ego um because when people I mean complain about masses and liturgies and tones and so on they they use the term reverence as a comparative um term and I think you know there's legitimacy to that I mean you know there really is but at the same time I think we uh, we may help ourselves by honing in more specifically on the issue of ego that is When you have a liturgy in which the emphasis is on letting this, quote, spirit run, you know, letting it, it, you know, that emphasizes instead of the bad old rubrics, that emphasizes the potential for spirituality and a spiritual experience in what individuals can bring to the liturgy... My, you know what I think is that what that does, in my experience, is that what that does is that lays a groundwork and it opens up for the individual ego to kind of run crazy. Um,
2: and you've worked at parishes balance. over the years, right? So I mean, you have kind of firsthand experience oh, yeah. of how the the ego of those who are planning, planning the liturgy, mm-hmm. um, can can really sort of push uh, push the liturgy in a direction that may not necessarily be filling the needs of the people in the pews.
24: Right, and all in the name of the spirit, right, mm-hmm. or all in the name of quote, enculturation or something like that, local enculturation, or you know, centering what the needs culture? of the local community. What in
2: suburban communi- right, America, right, the, mean? you mean? Know, <laughs>
24: great American Western culture, <laughs> uh, you know, pop culture, which is what it turns out to be. Um, and so the the beauty of formal prayer, a formal liturgical prayer, and even many aspects of Catholic liturgy, like even things like vestments and so on, is that in laying out a, you know, a format and words and rituals that are designed and required for us to do, they, first of all, they keep, they check the ego of those that are in front of us. And that's, a thing that we have to recognize is that no matter how well we want to think of human beings and I'm including you know the people in the pew everybody involved is that you know what is the kind of bottom line seven deadly sin pride is at the root of all of them right mm-hmm. and uh, you know when you are an individual in leadership and ministerial leadership you're a church person you're a priest a presider a music minister or so the temptation to pride and to imposing your own quote vision upon the experience is profound it's a big big temptation to say okay well i'm in this position because you know god obviously wants me to be here and the spirit is telling me to preach 40 minutes (laughs) (laughs) or to you know center myself in the experience and center my own views and my own tastes let's put it that way mm-hmm. uh in the experience well it must be okay because you know here i am i am the ordained i am the hired person i am the person in this job and so you know the traditional liturgical norms and rubrics are designed in part (laughs) to put a check on that very human tendency to pride yeah i mean just an
2: example of that um amy i was at a mass recently where the responsorial psalm for (sighs) that was given to us in in the readings was not the responsorial psalm that the choir did um yeah presumably because it didn't have a good tune to go with it. So we had a completely right. different responsorial psalm that was like a song that was sung instead of, you know, the call and response that we would normally get in a responsorial psalm that's chanted.
24: Right, right. And, you know, there's there's room for all kinds of, you know, legitimate, you know, musical kind of options in it. But again, the bottom line is what is laid down in the rubric or the Mass of the Day and all of that kind of thing. And I think anybody listening can probably have their own <laughs> list of experiences like that. I mean, you know, one of the things that Cardinal Dolan highlights, mentioned in his column was kind of mini-sermons at every point in the liturgy. Mm-hmm. And I've been to liturgies like this where the priest at the, you know, he's got five minutes at the beginning as he, part of the introduction, and then he preaches for t- 30 minutes, and then he's got another mini-sermon at the end, and maybe there's a mini-sermon at the prayers of the faithful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. None of that's called for. You yeah. know, none of that's called for. And that's a, an ex, you know, not to, to bang on priests or anything like that, but that's, an, you know, one of the expressions of ego that we do see in the liturgy. That makes the liturgy longer for. No legitimate reason, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with a a long liturgy. And that was, I think, a lot of people took issue with Cardinal Dolan's column for that. There's nothing wrong with spending a lot of time giving glory to God. Absolutely. That's not a flaw. Yeah. (laughs) But the point is,
2: it needs to give glory to God and not to us the people, right. which I think is is what you just really hit on in your blog post over at amywellborn.com. Really want to encourage folks to go check it out. It was my favorite reaction to uh, Cardinal Dolan's <laughs> column, I have to say, and um, we didn't even hit on half of it. So no. go over to amywellborn.com to read more of Amy's thoughts on this. Amy, really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so
24: much for having me. I appreciate it.
2: Absolutely. It was good to have you. All right, we got traffic and weather coming up next. It's 20 past...
0: I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith, when Margie Christie will discuss Ohio's abortion report card. Dr. Scott Hahn will share his new book, Catholics in Exile, Biblical Wisdom for the Journey Home. I will speak about the feast of the guardian angels, the frequent traffic and weather. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're
11: on the road to Christ the King.
0: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Bridgetown Finer Meats, the place to go for Wagyu beef. This beef is bred from authentic Wagyu genetics from legendary Japanese bloodlines. Holistically raised on local family farms, Wagyu is all natural with no added hormones, highly marbled and absolutely delicious. Since 1979, Bridgetown Finder Meats has continually offered prime beef, top quality pork, Amish poultry, fresh seafood and a vast array of homemade foods. Bridgetown Finder Meats,
12: 574-3100 and online at BridgetownFinerMeats.com. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Diamond and CBN are the most advanced cutting tools because they are the hardest materials known. These enable you to machine three to eight times faster compared to carbide, while reducing downtime for tool changes by 90%. Improve your productivity when machining hard, cast, and powdered metals or difficult-to-machine materials. Find out more at theabrasiveone.com. com. That's the number one, theabrasiveone.com. com. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare.
19: Is inflation making you feel frustrated and out of control when it comes to your expenses? we have a solution. It's Solidarity Health Share. With Solidarity HealthShare, you control what doctors you go to and how much you spend with pricing options that start as low as $384 for families.
20: Take control of your healthcare and your budget with Solidarity HealthShare, 855-954-5688. Solidarity HealthShare, 855-954-5688.
2: 22 minutes past the hour now, and this traffic report is a service of Rose Automotive, pre-owned vehicles on Erie Highway in Hamilton, on the web at roseautomotivegroup.com. Four lanes blocked on southbound 75 at Wagner Ford in the Dayton area, and still got about an hour delay currently as you are stuck in there. And if you're going northbound, I love this. It says on my traffic map, vehicles slowing to look at accident. So you're going to be slowing northbound 75 from uh, Route 4 on up to Needmore. And let's see, in the Cincinnati area, some lingering slow traffic. Southbound 75 as you're heading through the Lachlan split. Northbound 71, 75 from 275 up toward the Cut in the Hill. And looks like still a little slow on the inner loop of 275 through the construction from uh, Turkey Foot over toward 71, 75. Now for weather. Sunshine today in Cincinnati with a high of 84 degrees on October 2nd. Clear skies tonight with an overnight low of 60. Sunny and warm again tomorrow with a high of 85 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, sunny skies today and a high near 84, clear tonight with an overnight low of 60, mostly sunny tomorrow, and a high near 85 degrees. Please pray with me the daily prayer for the 54-day novena ahead of the November election and Issue 1 here in Ohio. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Ever-living God, you give life and desire a future for all your children. Take hold of our nation, state, and community and awaken in every heart awe for the gift of life. Send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcomed Jesus into our broken world. Father, we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life preserving parental rights, and accompanying pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady, Mother of the Family, pray for us. St. Joseph, Protector of the Unborn, pray for us. Dr. Leonard DeLorenzo joins us next. Why wait in
7: endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozard Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozard Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait. 513-941-0428. Working to see
8: the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. Support for Sacred
0: Heart Radio is from J.C. Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Justin at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591.
1: That's 859-414-6591. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive, serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton, roseautomotivegroup.com.
2: Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Dr. Leonard DeLorenzo with the McGrath Institute for Church Life at Notre Dame, host of the Church Life Today podcast. Good morning, Dr. DeLorenzo. Morning, Annie. It is good to have you back. We're going to continue the conversation that we started last time we were together about the Sabbath and family culture today. You've got a piece on this over at our Sunday visitor. And we were talking about the vice of acedia, which I have to admit, I always thought of as laziness, but then you apply it to the frenetic pace of family life. So remind us what that's all about.
10: Well, I think in the end, uh, acedia really has to do with a kind of spiritual sadness. It has to do, you could say, with boredom. And I don't want to say that boredom itself is a sin or a vice that has to be avoided. But in this case, acedia is moving towards regret or disdain for the good that could be done. Mm. And as I was suggesting, uh, I think one of the ways in which we see this in our modern lives, where our schedules tend to get packed and packed with more and more is that we have sort of disdain for the constant humdrum movement of things, and we lose a sense of agency and intentionality. There is a kind of uh, sort of spiritual sadness that's involved in that.
2: Yeah, I think many parents can uh, certainly identify with that. So that brings us to the Sabbath in family life. And you read a book about the Sabbath that got you thinking about Sundays and time in general. So what, I mean, how did you start thinking about time based on this?
10: Well, I can mention this book a little bit, uh, one that I started to read after I was, you know, trying to take the Sabbath more seriously and had come across some other things. This book is called The Sabbath World. It's by the Jewish author Judith Shulevitz, who she says, like, she's not at this point a very observant religious person, but she, w- she grew up in a somewhat observant Jewish home as a child, and they kept the Sabbath uh, ritually every week. And as an adult, when she moved away from keeping the discipline of the Sabbath, she could feel its absence, that it was gone. And even in this book, she says, you know, the Sabbath is something I don't want to keep and I want to keep at the same time. She mm. feels the loss of it. But some of the things she says, especially in the introduction, which I think is really insightful, is uh, she makes the claim that time has an architecture. Now, we think about space. In architectural terms, and we could talk about the way in which the spaces that we create kind of direct us or incline us towards certain actions and away from other actions. But what she is arguing, and I think quite rightly, is that time also has an architecture. The way that we organize our schedules, what we put first, what we do habitually what we set up as the priority in our lives in terms of time, what goes in black ink, you could say, on the calendar, Mm. that itself inclines us towards certain kinds of values and priorities just as much, maybe even more, than the spaces we create do. And so her argument, or her observation, you could say, is that holding to the Sabbath actually keeps us oriented towards uh, what might be most Important, A socially reinforced temporal structure, as she puts it, an organizing principle, that which organizes every week and ultimately in the in the full religious sense, organizes all time towards worship of God, towards the practice of the works of mercy and towards the ultimate rest and communion that we're dis- that we're destined for.
2: Now, tell us about the example of St. Louis Martin in this regard when it comes to Sundays, which are, you know, kind of essentially the Catholic Sabbath.
3: Yeah.
10: So Louis Martin, of course, the father of Therese of Lisieux, I have dubbed him, I don't think this is an official thing, as perhaps our patron saint of time. So he lived in a time when in his uh, town, commerce was really bustling. And he was a merchant, he was a clockmaker, and it became customary for people to keep their shops open every day of the week in competition with others, including on Sundays. But Louis took it as his primary sort of religious observance not to work on Sunday and not just to take that as a day off where you know he was kind of preparing to restore his energy to get back to work. Indeed, what he did was he kept Sunday... As the primary day of his week, that all of his work, in other words, was ordered to remembering his religious observances towards going through town. And he would take his daughters in particular on walks through town to engage in almsgiving to care for the poor. He would use this time for reading and for prayer with his family. And what he was doing week after week after week was saying that everything else is ordered towards this. Indeed, it's ordered towards the practice of living in communion with our Lord and with one another. And so he valued his work very much. And he was, from all accounts, a a fairly successful uh, businessman. But he had a boundary to that. He said to the days of work, or he said to the work that he has to do, you have a boundary of six days because the seventh day is reserved for the Lord and for the practice of communion. And so I think there's a way in which we can see Louis Martin right at the sort of gate of our modern era when the times were indeed changing and mechanical time was coming more and more into vogue of how to keep the discipline of the Sabbath as that which orders our lives rightly week after week.
2: So then how do we apply this to modern family life, do you think? Or I guess, how do you apply (laughs) Mm -hmm. it to your modern family life? Right.
10: Well, I think the way we do it is we put the observances of Sunday first on the schedule, which sounds a little bit easier than it really is. It's really hard when you say that I'm going to reserve this day for not the other things that I do the other six days of the week, but what comes first. And it is the family practice, I think of prayer and rest together. It's the family practice, as I've mentioned a couple of times already, of engaging in the works of mercy. Of course, for us as Catholics, it means attending Mass, but that's only sort of the beginning of The observance, I think, that all things coming from the Mass and going to the Mass are also celebrated the rest of the day on Sunday. And I think what happens as we start to take this seriously is we see that we can't just wake up Sunday morning and automatically go into something like Sabbath mode. It takes a little bit of preparation, even in the days preceding. If you know that you have things that you, quote unquote, must get done before, you know, the end of the week, you really have to organize Thursday, Friday, Saturday in such a way so that you can be freed up and start to be freed up even Saturday night for the full observance of the day on Sunday. So I think that what we find is by observing the Sabbath, what I which I think is like almost the most practical of the Ten Commandments, keep holy the Lord's day, is that we start to organize the rest of our time in a more humane manner, in fact, and also we start to preserve ourselves and one another for this true rest and practice of communion with the Lord.
2: Oh, I have so many more questions, but we've run out of time. We might have to continue this into the next time we get together, Dr. Lorenzo. Uh, From a practical standpoint, I would love to talk about this, like how you have... Um, implemented this in your own life and and just some more you know practical ideas for how families can can p- parents in particular start looking at sundays in a different way in that regard in the meantime you can go read his column about it over at our com, and we've got dr de Lorenzo linked at sunrise dot com. thank you so much my pleasure talk to you next time all right sounds good 35 minutes past the hour now it's time for news after putting forth a bill to avert a government shutdown, which Democrats supported, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says he's not concerned about efforts to oust him as Speaker. McCarthy said on CBS's Face the Nation that it is a personal issue with Congressman Matt Gates, who announced yesterday that he plans to file a motion to have McCarthy removed as speaker, making good on a threat if a spending bill was passed with Democratic support. A GOP-sponsored 45-day stopgap passed in the House Saturday with more support from Democrats than from Republicans. During his Angelus address yesterday, Pope Francis asked for special prayers for the people of Armenia, particularly in the disputed Artsakh region, also known as Nagorno-Karabakh, which has been under siege by Azerbaijani forces. Vatican News reports the Holy Father appealed for dialogue between the two. More than 100,000 people have fled Artsakh, this coming after an explosion near the de facto capital of the region that killed at least 170 people. Also during his Angelus address the Holy Father invited the faithful to pray the rosary in this month dedicated to the Holy Rosary for a number of intentions. From Vatican Radio Linda Bordoni reports. Noting
4: that October is the month of the rosary and of missions the Pope said I urge everyone to experience the beauty of praying the rosary. <laughs> contemplating with Mary the mysteries of Christ and invoking her intercession for the needs of the Church and the world. He also turned his thoughts to the Synod on Synodality that will begin on Wednesday the 4th of October and said, let us also pray for the Synod of Bishops, which this month will hold its first assembly on the theme of the Church's Synodality. And joined at his balcony by five children, Pope Francis said that on the afternoon of the 6th of November, he will meet with children across the globe. The Pope said the event is promoted and organized by the Dicastery for Culture and Education, and he explained it will be an occasion in which to reflect on a common dream as its focus is on the theme, Let's Learn from Boys and Girls. It's a theme, he said, that illustrates the desire to go back to having pure, childlike feelings, because the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like little children. Children, Pope Francis said, teach us the pureness of relationships and the spontaneous acceptance of the stranger, as well as respect for all creation. Dear children, I too am waiting for you all to learn from you.
2: I'm Linda Bordoni. The U.S. Supreme Court's new term begins today. Major cases on the docket include those involving gun rights, the power of federal agencies, social media regulation, and electoral districts drawn in states. The justices are also considering taking up a dispute over access to the abortion drug Mifepristone. 838 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berber, Berber, Berger, Berger, it's a G, Berger, and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Take it away, Paul.
27: Why, thank you very much, uh, Anna Mitchell. The uh, Reds' playoffs hopes have been dashed. They uh, did not survive the weekend and uh, fell the last two games to the St. Louis Cardinals 4-3 to yesterday on Sunday, but... Did finish the season eighty-two and eighty, and uh, if it makes you feel any better, the Chicago Cubs also missed the playoffs. All right, uh, how about this? The uh, Cincinnati Bengals might miss the playoffs as well. They're off to a one and three start. Not uh, too good of a look yesterday. Twenty-seven to three final score. Titans win at home over our uh, beloved Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati. On the road next week, and we'll take on the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, so hopefully we can turn things around. Speaking of uh, a team that has turned things around, FC Cincinnati, they won their match over the weekend. That's something good. 3-2 over uh, Toronto. Fit, And they have uh, 65 points in the East. And the, uh, congratulations, they got the supporter shield, which I believe is given to the best MLS team throughout the regular season. Let's check in on uh, sports. We got more on the Sunrise Morning Show right after this.
21: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery, and he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700. Online at beaconortho.com.
1: Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville, on the web at LarkinCobb.com.
0: Have you used our QR code to download the Sacred Heart Radio app? The app lets you hear Sacred Heart Radio from anywhere and gives you access to the Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith podcast. To get the app, visit sacredheartradio.com and scan the
1: QR code. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swain. I think we're still working on getting Dr. Benjamin Lewis on the line, but uh, Anna Mitchell, Paul Lockman had some depressing stuff to say about how our weekend went as yeah, a sports city.
2: Yeah,
1: And did, uh, And, you know, sometimes people wonder why would we, you know, talk about sports on a channel like this, it's in part. There are a few different reasons. I get the occasional email. I don't know if you get these occasional emails as well. Say, like, why are you talking about sports on Catholic? Just got
2: one, actually.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I will say this, because Catholicism has something to say about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one. Uh, also because we don't want you to have to change the channel to mm-hmm. go get you know, weather and traffic and sports. Mm -hmm. Um, Also because Catholicism is not about hiding in a hole. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's about engaging with the world. Mm -hmm. There are certain things you, of course, got to protect yourself from. uh, But I uh, just want to put it out there. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had this conversation in an airport or uh, where you meet a stranger at a gathering and somebody asks what you do and you tell them, Anna Mitchell, that you work in Catholic radio, that you've got uh, a show that you're a part of. And then somebody asks you, oh, really? What do you talk about? Uh, I don't know how you answer that question, but usually I say just stuff that Catholicism has things to say about, which is everything. 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 Hmm? Finding God in all things, as it were. Indeed. Indeed. And uh, finding where God is not in certain places, too, and commenting on that when necessary. Just want to throw that out there occasionally I get those emails, and we're not, uh, we read them, I promise you. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, uh, joined now by Dr. Benjamin Lewis from the International Commission on English and the Liturgy. Uh, He works on English translations of all kinds of stuff. Uh, Dr. Lewis, good morning. Good morning, Matt. Andy, how are you? Um, We're great, and I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. We're uh, talking uh, more about hymn translations so if you could uh, remind us about the new project that you did uh on the liturgy of the hours hymns and uh, which one we're looking at today
13: sure yeah so we talked a little bit last week about how icel is revising the entire liturgy of the hours partly to update the translations uh to make them more in line with the new missile translation of 12 years ago but also because there were some elements in the Liturgy of the Hours that never got translated. So the hymns uh, never got translated the first time around. We just uh, we looked at the Latin text of the hymns, and we either found existing translations, or we found other hymns that were related, and we just kind of plugged those in. So this time around, we've been actually translating the Latin text of the hymns into metrically equivalent, singable English hymns, um, so that that people can actually sing these hymns uh, that the church proposes. So last week we looked at a hymn from uh, the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, and I thought it would be interesting to look at another one of those uh, hymns for the baptism uh, today. So we're going to be looking at and talking about the hymn for the baptism of the Lord that's used for the Office of Readings. And it's also the same hymn that's used for second vespers or evening prayer too, uh, for the feast of the baptism so if you if you currently pray the liturgy of the hours and you open up to the feast of the baptism um, which is the sunday after epiphany and you go to the office of readings the hymn that you see there currently um, is actually a pretty good hymn um, it's pretty ancient and it does sort of relate to the baptism but it's not an actual translation of the Latin text that the church proposes for us.
1: Yeah, and um, if I could pause you right there just to reflect on the last one that you did for us. So we had had sort of a plug in him that, as you read through it, was really great. I mean, it was a pretty good hymn. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of richness. Uh, but the one that was in the Latin tied together Christmas— through the incarnation up to the baptism and also talked about, hey, it's nighttime, <laughs> right?
13: Right, in a way yeah. that the
1: previous one hadn't. So <laughs> uh, I imagine you found something similar here.
13: Yeah, so if um, I'm just going to read you the new translation uh, that we've— this is already available in a hymnal, uh, the Divine Office hymnal. It's being published by GIA. So even though we haven't completely— finished and produced the whole liturgy of the hours these hymns are are out and currently available so this is uh this is the actual translation that you can get um of of the latin as john fulfilled his sacred charge christ jesus author of the world immersed this day in jordan's tide by bathing washed its waters clean born from the virgin mother's womb He did not need to be baptized, yet by his washing he desired to take away our guilt and sin. The father speaks, his voice proclaims, this is my own beloved son. From heaven's height on him descends in dove-like form the spirit blessed. Beneath the mystery of this name, salvation shines within the church. The Trinity abides with her one God through every time and place. All glory be to you, O Christ, the Father and the Spirit blessed, in splendor from the heights of heaven, reveal that you are life and truth. Amen.
1: So let's just spend the next uh,
13: 12 to 16 hours (laughs) unpacking that, because
1: (laughs) that is some rich stuff, man.
13: Yeah, so one thing I want to touch on, I mean, it, it covers a lot of ground. This focuses specifically on the event of the baptism and kind of recapping that event from the Gospels. So you get the, the voice of the Father, the Spirit descending on Christ. But one thing I find really fascinating in that first stanza is you get the mention of John in the very first line as John fulfilled his sacred charge. And then suddenly, as soon as you mention John, we're on to talking about Christ, which is sort of an interesting thing when you think about what john himself says in the gospels he must increase and i must decrease we have that we have that sort of reflected even in the structure of the first stanza john is just barely mentioned in the first line and then jesus gets the rest of the stanza um and so you also get that sense that you know john came first but then it's really about christ um yeah. so there's some really interesting scriptural echoes even just in the structure of of that first stanza. But yeah, yeah you, and it's...
1: There's also ahead. some interesting catechesis there too, because it goes yes. on to talk about how Jesus doesn't have to be baptized, and right. yet, you know, all this other stuff, and how he himself is the author of this whole process out of line one and two. I wish we had more time because that is like a, that's like a whole entire <laughs> semester worth of stuff in a hymn. Yeah, if our listeners want to get this mind. hymnal, yeah, how do they go? How do they, where do they go?
13: Oh yeah, so you can get this hymnal, it's called the Divine Office Hymnal, and it's being published by GIA.
1: All right, we'll uh, have available at now at SunriseMorningShow.com. Dr. Benjamin Lewis, these are such cool segments. Thank you so much for your time. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Matt. You too. All right, Tim Glimkowski joins us from the National Eucharistic Congress next. Offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian
15: spirituality, the Jesuit Spiritual Center is offering weekend retreats this fall led by various retreat masters, including Father Michael Graham. Join us this October for a weekend of silence as you experience the great treasures of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Register now at JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. That's JesuitSpiritualCenter.com.
0: Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org.
18: Hi, I'm Jim Akers, board member with the Cincinnati Chapter of Legatus, Catholic business leaders and their spouses meeting the challenge of balancing faith, family, and business. We meet once a month for Mass and dinner, along with a local or national speaker and a wonderful venue throughout the city. Many of our speakers you have heard right here on Sacred Heart Radio. Please think about joining our group of Catholic leaders and become an ambassador for Christ in your business or profession. Contact us at cincinnati at Legatus.org. That's cincinnati at Legatus.org.
1: St. Michael's Rosaries and Religious Articles, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can help you share your faith in style with high quality socks and t shirts featuring your favorite saints and the Blessed Mother. St. Michael's Rosaries in beautiful Miamisburg or online at stmichael'scustomrosaries.com. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. We're here with Tim Glumkowski, CEO of the National Eucharistic Congress. Tim, good morning.
3: Uh, hey
1: Matt, how are you? I'm doing well. I wanted to let people know as we get things going here that there's a webinar uh, that is going to be available on Wednesday through the Catholic Leadership uh through Catholicleaders.org, the Catholic Leadership Institute on the Eucharist, and I know that uh, this is something that you're promoting as well. So check out the link for that at sunrisemorningshow.com. But I want to get into a survey that some of our listeners may have seen and been very confused by, because we just heard a little while ago that a whole bunch of people don't really believe in the real presence, a whole bunch of Catholics. And then I just read an article the other day that says, turns out that actually a whole bunch of people do. So what are we supposed to make of this? Yeah, it's
28: interesting. You know, some of it, uh, there's a great... Article by um, Catholic news agency that came out where they spoke to Zachary Keith from the USCCB, who um, was involved with the CARA study, and then um, I, I was asked to provide comment as well too. And I, I do think you know some of it comes down to methodologies and ways questions are framed. I, I think when you look at the uh, when you dig a little deeper in the uh, even the most recent study from CARA versus the initial study from Pew, which showed a lower percentage of Catholics who could correctly identify the Church's teaching, I think you still see a lot of the fundamental issues in terms of. Um, you know, just kind of being able to state the Church's teaching is not, is not the same as necessarily really having the kind of living relationship with Jesus and the Eucharist that we're all invited to that walks itself out in terms of, you know, practice and reception and all those things.
1: Well, I'm looking at this question that caused all the problems, and uh, there's a, here's an option with one of them, at least. So the question was, during Catholic Mass, the bread and wine, and you have three responses. One, actually become the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Two, are symbols of the body and blood of Jesus Christ, or three? No answer. Now I already got a quibble here because uh, the, the bread and wine are symbols of the body and blood of Christ. They are transformed, and they're, the Eucharist is a symbol. It's just not merely a symbol. It's a symbol that is what it signifies. But the, I don't see that option on here, Tim. So uh,
28: yeah, I think I think that's some of the results, the interesting results, you know. And, and I think the Eucharistic revival. Um, you know, so the study shows, the most recent Kerry study showed over half of Catholics being able to correctly identify the Church's teaching, right? And 17% going to Mass every, you know, every Sunday. So I think in terms of, it, it, for the, the story of the Eucharistic revival, to me, at least what was encouraging and challenging about it for the Church, was a call to revival through the Eucharistic heart of Jesus, a call to healing and renewal. Um, to me, it's never just been about, you know, toggling levers on, uh, percentages of, of Catholics of belief, you know, or who can um, sort of a, a, just a catechetical initiative that can say, you know, where are we at? And can we bump that number up, you know, 5% or, or 10% or something? It's always been more about what God is doing in our church in this time, um, in a time of great sort of challenge in the world, right?
1: Oh, of course. And, you know, generally speaking, I, I don't trust polls. Uh, you know, I know that there are people who go about these in really ethical and intentional ways, but there are also a lot of them to just end up being, hey uh, here 's the thing that we need to prove so let's ask questions so we get this result <laughs> right? that's how yeah. a lot of sure. you know polling can tend to go, uh, especially when it's done by by lobbying groups. This seems to be like a, you know a well intentioned one that was trying, but it's also you know on this question of when someone responds as a Catholic uh, we know theologically if you're baptized and especially confirmed right you're Catholic even if you're a bad one who doesn't go to mass like you're one of ours we're trying to get you back and so that means that a lot of people end up responding as Catholic who aren't actually involved in the life of the church in any kind of, you know, steady and substantial way. So that kind of skews the results too, doesn't it?
28: Yeah. I I do think that is the challenge with national polls that are trying to identify and talk to Catholics. Yeah. Like if you call them up, are you Catholic? You know, okay, yes. What do you believe about this, this, or this? There's so many. There's a great, Sherry Waddell wrote the book Forming Tensional Disciples says about the work of evangelization. never, um, except a label in place of a story. Uh, and yeah, even sometimes the label of, of Catholic, um, in terms of just kind of, uh, and, and really, you know, Catholicism is not a political horse race where we're just trying to identify, you know, sort of different, you know, where Catholics are trending and and where that should take our church in light of, um, it's about an encounter with Jesus, a person who's actually alive and real rose from the dead and can be known. And so uh, to me, um, even both polls, the, the the previous one from Pew and the most recent one from Kara, point to a critically low percentage of Catholics. It should be it should be synonymous with being Catholic that it's born out of a living relationship with Jesus in the Eucharist. Like that's they're they're tautologically the same, right? Um, it should be by definition that's like why I am uh, Catholic. And, and, and to me, I still think that percentage is pretty low, um, no matter how you slice it.
1: It is pretty low, and there are you know missed opportunities along the way. There are things that are poorly explained. There are things that are explained well that people just aren't ready to receive in the right way. There are all kinds of ways to address this. I think you know and maybe this is your experience too, Tim like it's good for diagnosing uh, where improvement needs to be. Had, But I feel like a lot of the, the ways that we spin our wheels is point at this and say, all right, let's figure out who to blame. And I don't think that's as helpful, right? I think it's, it's – it's, these polls are better when they instruct us and, and help us think, all right, what do we got to upgrade to make this a better number, as it were?
28: Yeah, I think, I think you, typically the um, state of affairs that led to a particular discouraging you know, statistic are pretty complex and varied. And the solutions are pretty complex and varied. It's about the whole work of the church to evangelize. It's never one silver bullet that's going to fix it. And it was never one problem that got us here, you know? So, yeah, I, I think the best, I would love to see the church, and I, I've really seen that. I think the parishes where I've seen the Eucharistic revival really thriving. Um, you know, we've got thousands of parish point persons now and, and who are really engaged in walking out the work of the parish year. And um, in those places where it's kind of most robust. It's really this holistic approach to addressing the, the issues.
1: Well, Tim Glimkowski from the National Catholic or National Eucharistic Congress. Uh, we've got you linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. We've also got uh, a link to that webinar on Wednesday with Bishop Cousins with the Catholic Leadership Institute on the Eucharist. Tim, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day.
23: God bless, Matt. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, head over to the show notes. You'll find all kinds of great stuff over there, including a way to link to watch the Sunrise Morning Show on our video live stream if you can handle it, if you can handle the shine off my bald head early in the morning. We're back again tomorrow. Thank you so much for being with us on a Monday. Guardian Angels be with us today. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from
21: Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com.
18: Hi, this is John Kennedy, a state farm agent and a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. If you need life insurance, I can help process the best options for you and your family. You can reach me at 859-485-2000 or online at johnkennedyinsurance.com. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends
1: are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon.
9: What makes this marriage prep program unique is you will have two days as a couple to delve into important subjects that will affect your relationship together for the rest of your lives.
1: More time for prayer and reconciliation and closing the weekend with Mass.
9: More information is at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com.
0: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors. Trusted and recommended by generations of families to sell their homes. Licensed in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. Hoting Realtors, 513-451-4800 and at Hoting.com.
7: For over 50 years, the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul has been providing food, clothing, rent, and utility assistance to people in six counties of southern Ohio. You can join the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul in helping our neighbors with a monetary or vehicle donation, which is simple and easy. 800-322-8284 or donate online at runforthepoor.org.
1: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Michael's Rosaries and Religious Articles, featuring a large selection of sterling silver medals, crosses, and crucifixes. St. Michael's Rosaries and Religious Articles in beautiful Miamisburg, 937-530-8026.
12: This is Cardinal
0: Raymond Burke. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com.